0: I rang my mum today, okay, because it's her birthday. Um, and I decided what I'd do is I I know they usually have their dinner around half six, and so I was like, you know what, I'll wait till half seven, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll ring mum and wish her a happy birthday. But then I did that, and she's like, oh, look who it fucking is. I shouldn't say fucking, but like that was her tone, and she was like, you nearly forgot my birthday, and I was like, ma'am. No, I, I'm ringing you, and then Dad, who loves to stir shit, he's like, "Ah, told you, told you, he'd nearly forget." And I'm like, "But I, I didn't forget, I didn't." And she's like, "Yep, well, he was expecting to call, call first thing this morning, and nothing is—is is that crazy? Like, I don't understand."
1: No, no, your mom is absolutely does the thing what my mom does. So whenever it's my mom's birthday, I have to be in there with a call before twelve, or she thinks I forgot
0: oh god Dad, I just why I, it's like mother's day in two days I'm giving her a ring at fucking 6am and see how she likes that you should That's a good move. do it um,
2: yeah. my mom is a twin so I'll usually send my aunt a message before my mom because she's my godmother
1: What? and it what? just winds
2: my mom up
1: oh you're doing it to
0: enrage your mother
2: yeah well, she's already angry anyway, so what's, what's the worst that can happen?
0: <laughs> That's kind of how I get with my mom. When she gets, like, pissed, I'm like, well, I'm fucking in it now, so why even try to yeah. slow this crazy train down? <laughs> Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss Video game podcast, the world's strongest video game podcast. I am sitting here with two of the most quarantined people in all of Dublin. Although we say that, it's probably not true. To my left, barricaded behind several metal doors, it's Neve.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: To my right, no amount of yellow caution tape is enough. It's Brian.
2: I maintain social distancing the entire time.
0: And with you always, I am your host. I'm your, I'm your host, John.
2: Hey, John. Hey, Nev.
0: Hi, Brian. Wow, I thought that'd be worse. Hi, John. Um, I, say to my, I say to my left and to my right, that's actually a lie because um, for the first time ever, we are recording this podcast over the internet and it feels so fucking weird.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm here where we usually record, surrounded by empty chairs.
0: Yeah, um uh, the coronavirus is in full effect in Ireland. They don't recommend you go outside except for like non what's it? non critical?
2: Yeah, non non-critical endeavors. Yeah.
0: Um I don't know about you guys, but like I I when did this kind of Sink in with what's happening.
1: Oh, um, I don't know. Monday, for, <laughs> Monday
0: Tuesday? this week,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it was like maybe Friday evening, and then I didn't oh. leave the house at all till now, yeah, until now. Where I've no, I'm still at home. Um, I've been out twice just to get some milk. That's about it, yeah.
0: Um, Honestly, like it like the the way things worked out for me was super weird because like it was announced like not like not a state of emergency, but like that's the declaration that we all have to stay indoors was like last Thursday. And that was weird because I had a wedding to go to Friday. I had to travel a couple of hours to get down to the south of Ireland to go to a wedding. And so they announced that and it was like, oh well, I guess I, I guess the wedding's off. And then I get a message from a man being like, wedding's still on, we're going. And I'm like, ah, okay. Um, yeah. And so it was meant to be a wedding of 270 people. I think it ended up being maybe 50 people. Oh, who got cut? Um, I don't know, but I'm baffled I didn't. Like, I was kind of like, oh, that's sweet. But also like, For fuck's sake, <laughs> you know, it's like either um, you're,
1: they're her favorite people or they want to infect you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 probably the second one, but like it was weird because like I was down in like Skibbereen, Brian. You know Skib.
2: I do. I know Skib very well. Uh, Southwest and Ireland.
0: I forgot what a fucking backwater ass little village that was at one point I went out looking for a for somewhere I could buy a switch game long story don't want to talk about it and there was one play I went into a computer store and I was like do you guys sell switches and you would think I asked for like like plutonium they were like oh, switch game she'll have to go to Cork City for that and I was like oh okay
2: oh yeah um, they used to sell them in like extra vision and like video rental shops, but then they all closed down. Yeah, extra and so I closed. think a lot of the backwater towns kind of got that was it.
1: They've nothing. There's an over Christmas. I was looking an, for a switch, and I went to one of the bigger towns in Offaly, and I went into three shops, and some guy was just like, "What the hell is a switch?" And I
3: was like,
0: "Oh, oh god, that's so nuts." Um, it was bizarre. Like the hotel I was at was nearly completely empty. Um, I saw some people at breakfast the next morning, but other than that, like, it was just, it was weird, like, you couldn't hear anything, it was just dead silence, Um, and then the wedding, like, the wedding ended up being fun, but it was real, like, you know, seeing cousins you haven't seen for, like, five years, and being like, oh, oh, do, do we, oh, (laughs) and then, like, you just end up, like, banging shoes. Yeah. Yeah. It was strange. Um it's weird. I'm not sure I like this whole coronavirus thing in all honesty.
2: No, it doesn't seem the best. No it, no, it doesn't.
0: I was thinking maybe for next year. No thank you.
2: Yeah. No, it's definitely not the best start to a new decade.
1: I know. Today yeah. um, my bungee Australian fire um t shirt arrived, so Bungie Destiny did a t-shirt where all the proceeds went to the firefighters in australia and i ordered that at the end of january where that was the big oh no the fucking world is on fire australia and now it is the whole world but it's with germs
0: Uh, and that's kind of the crazy thing about it like i've never experienced anything where like everyone is so equally well not equally affected because obviously like there's massive discrepancies in how much money people have but i mean by like how geographically people are worrying about the exact same shit yeah like you know yeah yeah
1: yeah totally like australia was just like oh god that's so horrible for everyone in australia but like now you hear new yorkers you hear italians you hear germans all talking about the same thing you know and the same social isolation and what to do it's it's really strange to be very globally connected for a global pandemic.
3: Yeah.
0: And I think kind of especially for us in a way, because a lot of the times when we're hearing a lot about a specific problem, it's usually like America-centric, mm. you know, like it'll be like some, you know, violence. It'll be, um, you know, forest fires, kind of a, a lot of different stuff like that. And there's always this layer of abstraction to it. But that layer has gone now because we're experience- like I can turn on to an American podcast recorded you know 3000 miles away and hear them worrying about the exact same stuff I'm worrying about and it's so strange
1: it's super it strange and in its weirdest way it's a tiny bit comforting to know that like like I get no comfort from like knowing that Tom Hanks is sick like, what the fuck ever, he's a celebrity, and will be fine. But the podcaster people, like, you know, our peers in that situation, I'm like, oh, God, is Abby Giant Bomb safe? Is she safe?
0: Why Why hasn't she been on in three weeks? What's, what's, is she okay? But then she was on today and it was fine. Yeah. She was just busy.
1: <laughs> she was yeah. on holidays, I think.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, she was. So you both work from home anyways. Uh, so you would be predominantly home for the most part but and i i know for myself at the weekends i'd spend a lot of time indoors but i think what's kind of getting to me is that we have no control over it anymore like we can't go out now even if we wanted to because we shouldn't Mm
0: -hmm. what i'm finding is like i really miss my friends like you two included, and it's odd because, like, I wouldn't have necessarily seen you. What are you fucking shaking your head at me?
1: <laughs> just you two included. Thank you. Thanks for trying us in well, like,
0: there. <laughs>
2: obviously. Well, I didn't, I, I, yeah, I, obviously, I, 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 I'm putting on video. I'm putting on video just to look Thanks,
1: Brian. You.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so what's happening now is that Neve and Brian are so bad at emotional intimacy that whenever they hear genuine affection, they're like, oh! <laughs> Um, but no, like I, I genuinely do. And it's weird because like, you know, we could go two weeks without seeing each other. Easy. Like that's pretty typical. Yeah. But I guess knowing that the option to hang out isn't really there, like, there's a big difference between that and just not seeing each other because we have other plans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. And and that kind of gets to me. Like, I find like I find myself missing all my friends with this added layer of kind of social oppression on it I and mean, that's probably a terrible way of putting that but you know what i mean
2: it really sinks in over a few days like do you remember how at the beginning of the week we thought like okay we'll we'll uh, do our few days at home and then we'll you know because it's only the three see of you us guys friday yeah see you guys friday for recording because it's only three of us but now it's just kind of like such a behavior that we need to kind of keep up now with the distancing and the isolation mm-hmm. that it's just <sighs> part of our routine even if we don't like it
0: yeah it's strange it's really really weird um yeah I think like Wednesday is when it really started it sunk in for me because like the wedding was done I was back in Dublin I was back in my home and then I just kind of realized oh god like this could be it for a while and it's such a weird feeling um I think I think like you know we, we really wanted to like record this podcast anyway because I think now is a time when people need to be entertained. God damn it! Yeah.
1: Oh, totally. Um, I'm very very uh. happy for everyone that Doom and Animal Crossing came out today. I think it was what a lot of people needed, and I'm very happy yeah. for myself that Resident Evil Three demo came out the other day because that's what I needed for myself. So it's like I feel like there's going to be such a drop everywhere else but there's going to be such a boom with media consumption. The pirates are working overtime to get The Hunt, Invisible Man and Emma up on torrent sites.
2: <laughs> you better fucking believe it. I'm, I'm I'm I I am refreshing that page.
0: Yeah. Um it's weird. Uh, I feel awful for just the people like losing their jobs as well. Uh, my cousin is a personal trainer and he's like, My job is gone. It just it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fucking terrible. And you know, really sorry to anyone just kinda of having to, you know, listen to this podcast and having to deal with that right now. and um, we will do what we can to make the next two or so hours a little lighter.
1: As light um, as we can manage. There is a pandemic. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> we yeah, we can we, we unfortunately we can't promise promise no miracles yeah. here. And yeah, if I
1: sound yeah, a little yeah. disgusting, I'm sorry guys. I actually have symptoms of the coronavirus and I'm waiting for a test. So uh, if I sound gross and if I'm coughing, I'm definitely doing it into my uh, my elbow. What's the inside of your elbow called? It- my pocket glove, my cough yeah,
2: glove. Yeah, your, your cough
0: glove. What did I, oh. <laughs> There's something disturbing about that. I don't know. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Calling any part of a body a glove is kind of gross
0: Or a pocket Yeah (laughs) It's just that I I don't I don't jive with that I've got very big earlobes
2: and and, uh, to me they're like My little pockets I can catch uh, raindrops
1: That's both Disgusting and beautiful Brian
2: Thank you the human body
0: Sometimes uh, Sometimes you say shit and I I just I just want to shove you in a locker
2: That's fine I'll see you in there Brian, yes.
0: talk to me about Devs.
2: Devs is a television show made by Alex Garland, who made Annihilation and that other movie starring Oscar Isaac and Donald Leeson that I can't remember. Ex Machina. Uh, Oh. Okay. And uh, Devs, I think there's like three or four episodes out of Devs, and it is a show about... um, a tech company in San Francisco that have a supercomputer uh, uh, thing. It's really ambiguous what they have. It 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 it's a quantum machine that has an algorithm that can tell what's happened and what's going to happen, and it is a sort of thriller slash kind of revenge story about a woman whose partner uh, kind of gets promoted into the devs department of this company uh, mysteriously disappears and it's her trying to figure out what happened to him and she has a good hunch about what happened and the mystery around everything I guess That sounds cool
0: Nick Offerman's in this, is he?
2: Uh, He is. Nick Offerman plays the uh, CEO of the company, and he's, like, the richest man in the world, but he just, like, looks real, like, he just looks like a lumberjack, and he lives in, like, a very small suburban house and drives a station wagon. It's very cool.
1: Is it funny, Brian? Or is it, it has like, a, kind of freaky annihilation existentialism?
2: Okay, it's got that, and it's very dry, but it has a sense of humor. Like... I think it's in the second episode, there's a bit where the main girl, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it's Lily, I'm not sure, uh, but I'll I'll get, get to the actress in a second, um, but her ex-boyfriend is playing Dark Souls, and he dies, and then he goes, oh, I died, and it turns out that the director of the show, Alex Garland, just really, really likes Dark Souls, I wanted Dark Souls to be in the show.
1: That isn't really a joke. <laughs> that's a cool tidbit though, but that doesn't make it funny.
2: <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's as funny as it gets and, it, and it'll oh. make you smile when you see it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. So for this show, that is a joke.
2: Yeah. Um, and okay, the characters, cool. so, you know, like in Annihilation, the characters are very, very distant and kind of blunt with each other. But then there are sparks of, like, raw emotion and, like, they are acting the hell out of it. Mm. But for a lot of it, you're kind of like, do these people even like each other? Because they're, like, barely talking to each other about surface-level shit. But I think that's just how the characters are written. And
0: and you're enjoying it, Brian?
2: Yeah, no, no, it, it's, it, it's a really interesting show. It kind of feels a bit like, um, do you remember in Watchmen last year and there was... Um, the uh tech company in that what 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 was the name of it again the oh, one lady
1: that... truth's one i can't remember yeah. the, name of the
2: company it's a very similar vibe to just that stuff with lady okay. true um and the main actress in it um she's a ballerina she's a she's she she's danced in loads of music videos and she was the dancing alien at the end of annihilation that could like mimic your moves
3: oh cool
2: uh, I think her name is Sonia Mizuno, I think that's her name, um, but she plays the lead in this and she's fantastic.
1: That's awesome. Cool. Sounds like good quarantine viewing.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I- I've realized recently that I need to watch more than The Sopranos during the quarantine because it's just, it's just getting to me a little... Yeah, yeah you need to you
2: have to that have stuff a... up. Yeah,
1: you need yeah, to go yeah, through totally. all the human emotions in, for- in forms
0: of media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's time to break out Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I bet it's that. just been a long time, and I need to know if it's still good. Look,
1: there's That's... a lot of great stuff in Buffy. Buffy's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Neve, you've been watching. I am not okay with this.
1: Yeah, this is this was a surprise for, to me because it's like it's a Netflix original. It's from the producers who did. Uh, what am I thinking Mm-mm-mm. Stranger Things so it has that teen vibe of the kind of teen nostalgia vibe and I kind of don't like that stuff and even if I did like it I'm so done with it now I'm kind of like I don't need to see any more of this kind of stuff but I put it on and I was completely blown away by how brilliant a show this is uh, uh. first thing first Um, It's very easy to watch. It's seven episodes and they are 20 minutes to 30 minutes. And it's a kind
2: of... I've watched it too. It's very, very digestible.
1: Yeah, it's like it's something like it does not take long to get through the season and you could leave. Like it doesn't need a second season. It sets up one, but you absolutely don't need one. It's, It's contained, which the way netflix like to cancel things it's kind of nice to be able to go into something and watch it and know it if they never touched it again or they cancelled it all of a sudden you haven't kind of wasted that time like the oa feels like such a waste of watching time because it was leading to something but this is nice and contained um this is kind of a coming of age story and it's about a 17 year old girl called sydney novak who is dealing with anger issues she goes into school and shitty things happen. People kind of bully her, friends kind of ditch her, home life is hard, her dad is not no longer in the picture. He, uh, he committed suicide and she's trying to deal with this trauma as well with her mom working overtime to try and, you know, survive. So she's dealing with anger and she has a lot of anger and it's a lot of teen rage and it's portrayed really well. But every time she gets angry, she noticed that maybe she might move something. Maybe there's some telekinetic powers going on. Maybe a door will slam shut, or maybe it'll progress even more and she might think she killed the family pet. Or maybe she didn't and it was just a coincidence. So this kind of progression of power keeps going and going on. And this kind of examination of kind of anger keeps kind of building and if you think of the word repression to me i think of two genres and it's lgbt cinema and it's horror and this is a perfect little horror series i think all the way through it you might think it's like a coming of age kind of drama and it definitely is that but by the end of it you realize you're watching a horror and it's a really really good one
0: i thought um the performances in it for me were what really sold it I think uh, especially like the the two lead girls are like fantastic
2: oh yeah they're great
1: yeah they're the acting is great this is like sophia lillis i think that's her, how you pronounce her name she's the girl from it bev so it's nice to see her have kind of more of a role mm.
2: yeah um
1: the I other
0: re- girl as well her her like it's... love interest like yeah she's really really good
2: as well yeah.
1: sophia bryant i think is the actress and her the character's name is dina
2: um, I really, really like her voiceover and how like she really, really wants to say one thing, but she doesn't, and she just sort of says whatever she feels just to, like, you know, to please the other person. And it has a really, really nice comedy timing to it.
1: Yeah, there's like moments yeah, totally. of great humor in this. It's really, really good. But yeah, that internal monologue really kind of gives away the teeness of it, where she's kind of like, I'm just gonna do this and I'm so sick of being treated this way, and then it cuts to what really happens and she kind of lets people walk over her or she kind of gives in way easier
3: or you
0: yeah know. yeah really really good little series
1: uh i like that it reminded um, me so much of Carrie.
0: that's all i'm gonna say about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep um brian tell us about lego masters okay
2: lego masters is my kind of like very special treat that i watch uh once a week and it is a i guess a baking competition show but instead of them baking a cake they have to make lego
0: that's class okay i didn't know what this was i thought we were dealing with a kind of lego movie the tv show kind of thing great okay go on
2: okay so i guess i guess it's like ready steady cook um and you have uh teams of two people and i think there's like eight teams or maybe it's 10 some number like that anyway and it's hosted by uh will arnett who was job in the rest of development but he also voiced lego batman and so they have him as in as kind of like the host with attitude but whenever people get too emotional about lego he knows to back (coughs) off and let them fucking like cry because like these people take Lego way serious. Like, like it, it, it is, it is their fucking life.
0: That's it. What's this on, Brian? uh, is there...
2: uh the internet. <laughs> I just
0: got it. Okay, gotcha. It's just called Lego and... Masters,
2: and you go on a special website where you watch it.
0: Okay, cool. Say no more. <laughs> that sounds perfect.
2: Uh, and so, what it is is, uh, each week they get a theme. And so, for example, the first episode it's a fun fair. And the way they do it is they have uh, full access to an entire library of Lego bricks and accessories. And they have, I think it's like 16 hours to build their set. And what they have is they have like a big, like one meter by one meter Lego tile you know, fully bricked out and they just stack their bricks up on that. And then what they do is because the tables are on wheels, then they move all the tables back in and they make the full segmented, like, design. Um... And so, so are
0: they working together or are they competing?
2: They're all competing, but it has to all kind of like work together as a big master. So, I guess for the fun for episode, one 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 team takes the Ferris wheel. Another team takes like the um the like the like big drop things like that.
0: Right, and, and how people have they, different
2: ways of go.
1: Sorry, oh, go how on? did they like grade this? Like, is it just okay?
2: Like- so, okay, so the two judges are lego masters already in that they already work in lego and they design lego products and um i think they have the people that i'm not sure what they've done recently but like there are definitely some of the people who've done like the more recent licensed stuff so they might have like created original bricks but then they would have had to have um designed um uh designed kind of like Using the resources that are already in Lego and making that work into a believable product. But they're very much against like, don't ever make like a blank wall. You have to like texture it out
1: Mm. so it
2: looks more believable.
1: So is that something that gets people sent home doing a blank wall?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Like you really, really have to be like a sculptor in Lego. Um, but then but then what they do as well is because it's Lego and because, you know, it's, it, it, it's kind of like half sculpture, half architecture, what you have to be building as well has to have a function. So for the Funfer episode, they all had to have a ride, but it had to work as a ride as well. So the Ferris wheel had to rotate and be able to rotate without anyone like, like, like you know, touching it or cranking it. So they had like lots of battery powered like uh, gears and stuff. Um, that's and mad it's,
1: but i feel like that's out of the the realm of lego nearly a bit that's getting into some connect stuff it is but then power
2: into it. but then some of the like things people make look like actual lego sets that could exist it's it's wild um but then the people themselves who are the contestants you just have this really unusual mix of like predominantly americans i guess But like a lot of them look like they're from a Portlandia sketch, and they and like because it's a reality TV show, everything is like hammed up and overly edited, and they use footage out of context and stuff like that. But there are some scenes where people are screaming. I just don't think you fucking understand Lego anymore and things like that.
0: Oh my god! Okay, I'm downloading this.
2: Yeah, Um, and like the people in it, like like to me, it's a very good show for like people watching. But like the actual Lego is so impressive um, that it's just it's a very fun and exciting show and and I'm very glad it exists
0: cool Brian that sounds amazing
2: Brian I'm here I'm sorry this is so weird I'm I'm not able to read Uh, maybe, maybe I will put on the camera just
0: bear bear with us here folks we're we're, we're working out some stuff I, I, yeah it, it's 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 very strange not having facial cues yeah. yes
1: i feel I our natural flow is really disrupted but hey we'll make it work yeah just this...
0: hey hey we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> neve tell us about m-o-m <laughs> This is Mom, Mothers of Monsters, and maybe
1: not another fun one. (laughs) I always watch horror when I feel bad or when I feel sick. Like, I always watch stuff that could possibly make you feel worse, but I find it, I don't know, kind of cathartic. But uh, this one was I think a lot of times
0: I'm like, oh, oh, really?
1: Yeah, a little. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you about it. So Mother of Monsters is about a mom. It's a found footage horror film. So it's about a mom who suspects her teenage son, who's sixteen year old, is sixteen years old, might be planning a school shooting. And yeah, it's really dark. So her son is a typical, or maybe atypical, kind of angry teenager. He likes his video games. He likes his metal music. He's spending a lot of time in his room. He's kind of belligerent, and she is convinced that all these signs are kind of leading to maybe something worse. And she's been trying to get help, but she feels that people are kind of pushing it to the side and not taking her seriously. So she decides to secretly film her son to see if he, you know, will outwardly act. And the idea is that she's going to upload it to the internet so other moms who are worried about their kids can kind of see this footage and they can kind of build a community about it. So that's kind of the, the conceit for why there's loads of found footage. All the, all the cameras in the house are her hidden cameras. So the angles kind of make sense for a hidden camera, but they kind of look nice aesthetically as well. But there's also uh, Skype calls and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's a really sad kind of film. It starts off with then the two of them fighting, because it's just a mom and a son who cannot communicate. And she's angry at him because she's like, you cut all the heels off my shoes. And he did it because he hates the sound of them and he's just angry and he did it to hurt her. And he was just like, no, you came in drunk and you destroyed your own shoes to be angry at me. And you never find out the truth of this. But the two of them feel completely victimized from each other. And they completely cannot communicate with each other. And they just do things consistently throughout it to hurt each other and demean each other in a way that felt real, but also heightened for the horror element of it. But there was some really mean, mean bits where his mom, obviously not so very tech savvy, thinks she's on a Skype call for him and he starts calling her an idiot. He's like, you're an idiot. This is a re- pre-recorded thing. You can't see a little screen down in the corner. You're not talking to me. And then she starts to like cry a little and he goes, no mom, no mom, it, it, it's live. It's actually live. And then he goes, you fucking idiot, you believe that too? You know, so there's this real psychological warfare, true technology, till by the end, they're both trapped in different rooms for a reason I won't spoil, but they're only communicating through camera because they both know they've been filming each other. And it's it, it's, oh. it's sad, it's dark, it's timely, it's scary you're gonna either love I it or hate it i feel
0: bad yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you'll love it or hate it i thought it was great and it's something i've continuously thought about by the end of it i wasn't like i don't think that's the best horror film i've ever seen but it, it you know it made me think you know
2: how how Ooh, yeah. good is the acting like like how uh convincing are they as like a, a, a as as a troubled like he's brilliant
1: he's yeah the the, the son is brilliant he, he does some stuff to hurt to hurt himself to hurt her that is that looks painful and upsetting and very real like like he's extremely good she i think has a harder role because she had kind of has to kind of oscillate between i'm telling the truth to you but i'm also like maybe i'm an unreliable narrator kind of thing Uh, But she also does a great job, and between the two of them, like like it's their film, like it's just the two of them together. There's some other side characters, but they carry it and they do a great job of it.
2: It sounds good. I want to check it out.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it'll really ruin your day. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome, guys. Strategy talk. Okay. Guys, I played World of Horror.
2: No, oh. You played this ages ago?
0: Yeah. I played the demo ages ago. Oh. Mhm. It just released recently. And it was interesting because, like, the way the demo worked, it was like this tiny mini episode of it. You go to a school. There is a woman with a scissors killing people in the school. And you got to figure out what she is and how to stop her and it's all done as if it's like a very old like not even and click adventure but they're like nearly a text-based adventure except it does have like a lot of imagery in it but like it's a lot of like looking at static screens and being asked a question so like you'll start and your options will be like investigate school and like so you'll be in your room so it's just a static picture of a room of, there'll be a statics picture of like your room and you'll be able to like watch TV, uh, take a bath, you know, go to and then like investigate school, which is like go to school and like try and figure out this thing. That's how the whole thing plays out. And I was interested to see what this game actually was because the demo was just like one episode. This thing with the, with the scissors woman. But the entire game itself is kind of it is more interesting than the demo, but also more flawed. It's a much bigger scope. So, this is kind of like a roguelike. So, when you start up the game, There's five randomly selected mysteries, okay? And one of them could be this woman at the school. One of them could be a haunted ramen shop. Another could be, like, a mysterious mansion that's appeared in the center of town. Another one might be mermaids, you know? Okay. It's like all these fucked up things are happening around the town, and it seems to select five random missions from, um from like a pool of missions and you can tackle them in any order you want and I'd say the missions take anywhere between like 10 and 20 minutes to do and they're full of these like multiple choice things so like say for the scissors woman one you know you might go investigate school and then that gives you an event where you meet a mysterious woman in the hallway she wants you to follow she wants you to follow her into the biology classroom and then like if you do and then you can choose to do that and if you do you might have to like do a charisma check or something. In which case you'll convince her to be on your side or you might fail the charisma check or you could just avoid her altogether. But there's no guarantees about what's gonna happen like it's the kind of game where it's constantly rolling checks to see what your outcome is. And it's very difficult to know what's going to happen unless you've played the missions a couple of times. Um, And this was made by one guy. This was made by a Polish dentist, and he has this like really lo-fi style of pixel art, and the art direction in it is so strong that like I, w- I would go as so far as to say is I don't think this game would work if the art wasn't so good, and like I'd encourage people, I'd, I'd encourage people just to look up stills of it. Like it looks incredible, um, and. It's fun, but it's also the kind of thing where... You know the way you play some indie games sometimes and you're like... um, Maybe it's made by one person and it doesn't feel like it. This absolutely feels like it's one person in where you can see that there's some missions that just didn't get the polish that other missions did. There's UI problems where you're sometimes, at any point, there can be like up to 20 different buttons you can click at once. And like, you know, they all do different things and it's logically laid out. So you'll figure out which one to do, but it's not intuitive, you know, that kind of way.
1: Do you think if it wasn't a roguelike and this was more of a structured narrative kind of thing where it didn't kind of rotate through the missions that that would be kind of alleviated in some way because you kind of maybe you could have axed the weaker missions kind of thing
0: yeah yeah I think so and I respect it because like what he what they've done is made something really very interesting and very different to anything that else that's being that's out right now you do have to like take its flaws with that and like there are some missions that like I found a little boring but then like the good ones were great you know and like the actual horror, and, like, very little of it is, like, you know, deep-rooted psychological horror. A lot of it is very, like, it's, it's gross-out horror, or it's just unsettling horror, or unsettling ideas. But they're good ideas, you know? Um, there's one, like, where the ramen shop. You're like, um, oh, why are people so addicted to this crazy ramen? And I was like, is the ramen people? It's not. It's something else, but what, what it is was unsettling and weird and I was like oh I don't like that like I was like oh that's fucking bad but like it was good in terms of like being a weird horror thing um and I've been having a good time with it like it's awkward but not in a way that I don't think could eventually I hope they keep working on this game and supporting it because I think you could patch this game to be like absolutely amazing as opposed to just like pretty good cool um yeah it's it's really really cool and like um yeah just just the art style like some of the imagery on it from it is fantastic and um, it's interesting the way this overall structure works because sometimes events can happen in one mission that affect, affect events in other missions like um in one mission i found a cursed idol and i brought it home and i put it in my apartments and it was just like you know the text comes up on screen you shouldn't have done that and then, like you know, a couple of then, like you know, a couple of events later, the text just came up: something evil has found out about you. And then a couple of screens later, something evil knows where you live. And then a couple of event, events later, something evil is coming for you. And like, it really did a good job of building up this tension. And then when the evil thing finally got to me, yeah, it was really fucked up. And it was cool. And it's just, it's a really. This is a really interesting horror game, and I'm very glad it exists. It's not without its downsides, but like I'm, I'm having a good time with it. That's great. Yeah, Brian. Yes, are you having a good time with folklore?
2: Oh my god. Okay. Um, so because it's well, it's it's just gone past St. Patrick's Day, but uh, I wanted this March to kind of look into some weird Irish bullshit and so I remembered this game called Folklore which came out during the first year of the launch of the PlayStation 3 so this game came out mid 2007 so it's about 13 years old now and um, it was kind of one of the launch window games for the PlayStation 3 one of the first kind of JRPGs I guess but it's not really an RPG like a full RPG but I guess it would have been like a game that they would have pushed at the beginning of the console's life cycle and uh, it sure looks like it it sure looks like it so it looks like a very nice playstation 2 game and um the first year or two of the playstation 3 they had the six axis motion controller and uh this game uses those features but yeah folklore is a jrpg and it's a it, it, it's definitely a Japanese game it's, it was made in Japan by a company that no longer exists called Game Republic and oh did
1: they make something after this or was this their last game
2: um okay so they made Folklore in 2007 and they made uh, Dragon Ball Origins Catan uh, oh, no. they made a bunch of I, I think they helped out on a bunch of Dragon Ball games for the Nintendo DS and they made Clash of the Titans
1: I was just kind of sad that the idea that like the Irish made Japanese game is the one that sunk them but it wasn't that
2: no um, they made the Genji games they made Genji Dawn of the Samurai and Genji Days of the Blade if anybody knows what those are
0: Brian do you remember I told you about Dominic Quill he was the strange man I made films for for a time yes he used to love Genji.
2: Of course, he did. Yeah. Because of what happened in that flash. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Sorry. I just, just a bunch of stuff. I, I. I do you know? Do you know when you said that guy's name? I thought you meant the other guy that was cosplaying as Albert Wesker. That i had to take the photos of but that's a different story
0: oh the yeah have we told that before
2: no we have not told the story about sorry, carmine okay. but we will yeah okay sorry yeah
0: but yeah we will, we'll get to that we'll get to that
2: so, sorry Neve. it's
0: okay
1: she, she's folklore. she's doing her
2: <laughs> okay uh folklore is it's a it it, it I, I guess it's a light jrpg uh in which you play as two different protagonists um Uh, Throughout each chapter, I've gone with the female protagonist, whose name I think is Aileen? Eileen? um,
1: We'll go with Eileen, that's more Irish. No,
2: I. I, I, Sorry. Her name is Ellen, but sometimes they call her uh, Eileen or Eileen, because I don't know what they're going for. The voice acting. So the two main voice actors are from northern ireland i think or at least the female voice actors for northern ireland i think maybe the male guys from the uk but they were both in that show the fall with julian anderson and the sexy serial killer guy really yeah and so like the voice acting is pretty good and like there are some funny irish accents in it but the two main leads like their irish voices are pretty legit um but you end up on this island on the west coast of Ireland, and it's called Doolin, and you are investigating a supernatural mystery. Um, if you play as the female lead, you are returning to Doolin, because that's where your family is from, and you are... Uh, and Samhain is approaching, and you must uncover the mystery of your lineage. Ah, uh, yes.
0: What, We've all been there. And
2: so I guess the core gameplay is, you walk around your town, which is just a tiny Irish village, and... It looks pretty legit for something that looks like Ballygo backwards. Uh, and I wonder, like, did a bunch of Japanese game developers actually go to the west of Ireland and take a bunch of photos for re- uh, for research? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and, and, and then the other side of it, which I guess is the main part of the game, is that you're going around above-ground tunnels and it's kind of like a dungeon crawler. And you're just kind of going deeper and deeper into the netherworld as you uncover the mysteries ...while encountering the folklore... ...which are just different types of Irish... ...monsters and deities. And it's kind of yeah, like... So Ireland, yeah, Ireland. Yeah, and so I guess it's... And
0: is there like fantasy elements to it? or Yeah,
2: but it's more like... ...it's more like Pokemon or... Uh, ...Digimon or something like that... ...where it's like a monster catcher and battler... ...where you don't okay. catch them with any device... ...but you do defeat a monster... ...and if it's the first time you defeated that monster... ...then you have it as a weapon... ...to attack future monsters with.
0: And is the, is the combat like turn-based or what are we talking uh, about?
2: It's like a really shitty uh, uh, hack and slash.
0: Fantastic. Wow. Yeah,
2: it's, it's not very fun to play. But you know how I mentioned it has motion controls? So what you do is when you have weakened an enemy uh, folk... Um, he will be on the ground lying, and then what you do is you uh gesture your controller up and down in a very vigorous way. Until Rock that, baby. Oh no, you're not rocking it. You are <laughs> you are straddling it. <laughs> and until eventually you capture its essence back into you. And you really, really have to go like all over the place with the motion controls. It's not like a very casual flick. You need to be like really fucking like churning that butter
0: <laughs> you are struggling yeah
2: you are and i'm not sure if that's do you guys uh... no go on
0: do you guys have any instance of motion controls you really like
1: uh... i kind of love the gimmicks i really liked like in second son where you had to do the spray paint and you had to hold the controller sideways and use the trigger button as the can spray
0: like that <laughs> yeah, was okay, pretty good okay. I, I I loved uh, No more sorry Brian, you go ahead. No,
2: I like like for me it's just gyro controls in like the Switch, I don't mind. But I don't really want to. I loved to do-
0: suplexing um I loved suplexing guys in No More Heroes. Yeah. It's like you'd beat them up and then you'd have to like yank the controller up as if you were, you know, suplexing them. And that always felt good to me. And then like you'd have to do the same, you'd like beat the shit out of people and then it would go into slow motion and tell you to swing the control right and then it would like you'd do it but they timed it in a way that it actually felt kind of good whenever you did it like i i I really like that and nothing else
3: (laughs) i
1: like the death stranding rocking the baby just for how weird it is like that's just weird
2: it's
0: sure yeah yeah totally it's
2: a thing um but yeah um i i I wish this game was more fun to play because all the cutscenes and all the irish stuff is really fascinating where like they're like it's almost right but then they'll do some like anime bullshit where you're like ah come on now Um, like there's a bit where she's going into like the netherworld for the first time and she has like a full-on maha shoujo like outfit change where she gets changed into like a sexier version of her current outfit just for no reason um like so far all the like creatures I've encountered are like like they're they're kind of based on other like folklore and deities but like they had kind of have their names a bit messed up some are accurate some aren't um i've met a banshee she's very nice she hangs out in the pub and she has a parasol
1: that's very un-banshee like but okay
2: (laughs) She, she she's less of a banshee and more of like a woman in white like a bride that never married
1: does she have long hair is she that she's combing
2: She has long hair, but it's not combed. But then, like... But then they're, like, just nice NPCs. A lot of the other folklore are are just, like, monsters that just growl at you. Like, they don't actually talk. And there's a lot of, like, elf-looking leprechaun dudes that just all look the same. And it's just a copy-paste of the same character.
0: They should put Irish the Hedgehog in there.
2: I don't want Irish the Hedgehog anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: Yep. Fuck that thing. Yep.
1: Anyone who types hate us in that... The... Like, just borderline offensive. Just... Yeah. Just <laughs> fucking bullshit.
0: Oh, I hate the buckles on its little fuck, uh The fucking... Sh-
1: Me and Brian have already been very angry about this, but it's not a four-leaf clover. It's a
0: shamrock. They have three leaves.
2: It's a different fucking leaf. <laughs> it's a different plant.
0: We like good Catholic... We like good Catholic fucking plants here I hair, really, I really want to
2: take Irish to Irish Hedgehog out the back and hit it over the fucking face with a shillelagh like fuck that thing oh and it's a fucking obnoxious voice so
0: folklore is good is it
2: Uh I wish it was better I'll keep playing it but it's a slog but it, it, it's not a very long game like it's less than 20 hours which is pretty short for a JRPG do
0: you think you'll beat it? I
2: want to I don't know if I will but I'd really like to
0: neve yes resident evil 3 demo came out
1: yes and i've been playing it i finished it multiple times same and i'm having a great time um this is cool it's kind of the demo that we've kind of seen previewed a bit like a good bit where you get to see jill's uh new kind of tricks that she can do that leon and claire couldn't do in uh resident evil 2 remake so jill has a a quick dodge which is just mwah, perfect, so love good. it. You really need that to get get away from zombies this time because, oh boy, there's a lot coming at you. So if you don't have that dodge, you would be in a lot of trouble. Uh, with that dodge, you can get a perfect dodge where if you time it just in the right way, it'll have a little bit of slow-mo where you can use your gun to get a slow-mo headshot, which is always nice. Um, this game looks great. It kind of looks amazing it's 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 a small little map that you're given to explore in this demo of raccoon city so a lot of places are kind of closed off but the lighting is fantastic this is set before and after the events of resident evil 2 so this is before it's a full like outbreak so people are still running around there's survivors everywhere it's just you're full on panic mode and Things are still working, like there's still electricity, there's neon lights in shops everywhere. The the shops haven't been fully like looted or destroyed. Like there's, there's stuff around and there's people around and they're doing a really great job at communicating that. Just through the set dressing and the lighting, it really feels like a world. Like you go, you start off in a subway and there's just posters for stuff everywhere. There's a little kiosk. It just feels like people have just suddenly got up and are leaving. Um, how how what do you make of it, Brian?
2: Uh I was really really impressed. Um, I I I started up the first time and Rebecca was watching me play it and she was like, "Wow!" Like, because just just because they've really really pushed the Ori engine from from last year to what it is now, it just looks it looks insane.
1: Yeah, like as good uh, as it looks
0: very
2: good.
1: As good as the lighting and everything was in Resident Evil Two Remake, they really have fine tuned it.
2: Yeah, and so like I'm I'm going up out of the subway and I'm stopping every like step just to look at all the like set design and all the posters, they're so fucking funny.
1: It's set in ninety eight, so there's some like real good fake alien and fake top gun posters and stuff. It's yeah, some good it's stuff. Pretty
0: good fake it fake it poster in yeah.
1: there. Mm-hmm. So John you played it, I presume. I did. And you were you were the not Resident Evil Two remake fan, so how did you feel about it?
0: Uh like I thought it was really impressive. Um I thought it like yeah, like it looked amazing. Um I felt way more excited to explore the like cityscape than I felt with the police station Resident Evil Two. Um I just thought it was like a much more engaging location and I think it really lets them like ...flex their, like, interior design muscles with, like, all the different stores... ...and, like, all the different, like, signage for the stores and everything. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Like, it seemed like something, the kind of, the people who like Resident Evil Remake 2 are gonna like this. Like, it's, it's a good extension of that. Um, the quick dodge stuff was, was really cool, um... I liked Jill a lot in it I, I thought she seemed really really cool um, I was not a fan of Claire in the previous one but Jill seemed kind of awesome in this and I was really happy about that because part of me was worried that it was just going to be like the same character again because you know like Resident Evil in the past have not traditionally been super good there's like there's Albert Wesker there's male hero and there's female hero you know and I think I know I'm sorry Neve, I'm sorry but <laughs> that's kind of the case um, not- and <laughs> I'm in your head, Canon. I'm sure it's not, but um, it's your full screen. Even I can see every tiny like angry expression. How um, dare you? But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Um, like in terms of just like how interested am I am in this game? It's like this demo was a really nice opportunity for me to be like, cool. Not for me, but <laughs> I'm sure everyone's gonna have a real good time. Yeah, with we this. will. Yeah, like. It's, you know, this is an action game at this point. Like this is straight up action game and it's a good one and I think people, you know, it, it's building on everything cool that the remake 2 did and um, not the direction I'd like to see the series go, but that's just me. Um, I really like Jill
1: as well because the last game I played was Revelations where my criticism of Jill in that was that she had no personality. She's just capable. She's just like I'm very good at doing everything, but like in this, she's kind of got like you don't get to hear much dialogue in this little demo, but she seems, she seems confident, she f- seems cool, she seems a little like sassy. Like I like what they're
0: doing. She tells Carlos to go. F- she tells Carlos to fuck off or something, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah.
1: Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get to know this Jill, um, this Jill because I think Jill outside of maybe like. Uh, resident evil 3 nemesis has kind of and and one uh and remake uh, original remake kind of has been done dirty in kind of everything else she's been in so i i'm happy that jill is getting this character moment as well she's really cool
0: this feels like a lady who's in special forces yeah yeah
1: she knows she knows what she's doing
2: yeah
0: and um, what do you guys think of nemesis very scary he's a spooky boy he's so tall
2: yeah and like yeah like to me it's like the alien isolation game or something where like his whole like vanishing and then reappearing somewhere else was fucking crazy and it's so aggressive and fast into the air yeah
0: it's wild
1: he's super aggressive and his reach is really far with his tentacle like even if you quick dodge away from him he can slap you back really quickly
0: so for me, I only had that one section right at the end of the game where he attacks you before basically the demo ends. Did he appear in other places for you guys?
1: No, once you or- pick up the hose, uh, you trigger him. So if you want to go around and explore more, he'll be following you. But if you just run with the hose all the way up to the top, oh. you can you can just end it there. But there is other stuff you can do. Like there's uh, the bobbleheads in it if you get 20 of those. So one of them... To get another bobblehead, you have to down Nemesis three times. So I just kind of experimented with shooting Nemesis a lot. And he's got loads of those cool animation bits that made Resident Evil 2 remake so special, especially with Mr. X. So if you shoot his little mechanical heart that he has on his chest, he'll start putting his hand over it so you can't get crits on him anymore. And that was really cool. And you can, there's just a lot of more um, environmental stuff to kind of damage him. There's the electricity box that you can shoot that will stun him and stun zombies around him and you can get downs on him so you won't be able to kill him but you can get him down and he's two types of downs which will give you different type different time limits to get away from him so i, I had fun playing uh-huh. around with him but yeah with the that first demo you can he
0: like end up. the first time he like hunched over and like charged like my stomach dropped i was like oh shit because, like, the big guys in Resident Evil, like Mr. X and him, I don't think they've ever done that before. And that was really scary. Like, he
2: really wants to rugby tackle you. Yeah.
0: yeah. And he's a big boy. Yeah. But, um... And you you, you, you enjoyed him. Yeah, Brian.
2: no, I did. Um, my only worry with Nemesis is that, like, he'll get annoying. Um, or, like, you'll really, really want to get from A to B and... It, He'll become frustrating, so I hope that there's enough variety with him that it doesn't feel like it's a copy paste the entire time you see him, or that he has enough kind of. Detail. Did you
0: find that with? Did you find that with Mister X?
2: Um, not really. But then, like with with Mister X, I kind of believed him for a tiny bit, and then as soon as the thing happened where like he can't go into your safe room, I kind of stopped believing him as like, um. as as, as like a proper enemy or like you know just as some video game character as some sort of program but I guess with yeah but I guess with Nemesis like they're really really pushing the whole thing that like he's there to fuck up your progress
0: well like even even like I played through the demo once um, and even I felt like just the way he moves and the things he could do felt a lot more fleshed out than Mr. X like he really felt he felt present in that environment in a way that Mr. X never really did to me and I thought like, like to really me, it cool. felt
2: like it was someone else playing as him online, like just ruining your game.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that, that's a good way of thinking. Because it, it
2: didn't feel like it was programmed. But,
1: um, yeah. Yeah. Like with Brian with you're kind of worried that it would get annoying. I think they've uh, put in some stuff to make that to mitigate that. If you get a grenade, a grenade is an instant down for him and it's a really long down. I think it's nearly a full minute where okay. you can get away from him. That's so grand. like if you have a grenade like that's and, and a red barrel, they will just totally take him down.
2: yeah, and like i I, 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 I know it, uh, With with that team, they're very good at like adapting the difficulty based on your resources things like that and how like you could you could kill a zombie but they might come back up again if you walk over them stuff like that.
1: I felt like these zombies were respawning a lot.
2: Yeah, they were. they were really getting up. Um I really like the zombie designs. It seems like there's a lot more variety with them. Um they really look like civilians that are just that have been turned.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm excited for this game. It's coming out in mm, just under 2 weeks, 3rd yeah. of April. whoa
0: god i didn't know we were so close
1: yeah and i'm really excited to check out resident evil resistance as well where you will get to play as a mr x type character and that's exciting
0: yeah no that should be fun interesting times for resident evil um brian yes Tell us about Umihara Kawasei Fresh. Okay,
2: Umihara Kawase is a puzzle platformer series that uh, really only exists in Japan, but in more recent years, they've started localizing it uh, in the West. This is the Switch uh, iteration of the franchise, and it's pretty cute. Um, I've always wanted to play these games because I always see the main character, uh, Uihara, in like... Novelty fighting games. She's in Blade Strangers and a few other bits and pieces like that. And I like platformers where you have a bad jump, but instead you have a cool item that allows you to get up and down and left and right, things like that. And so this is kind of like a puzzle platformer. um, And you just play as a girl with a fishing rod and you are in a town with animals in it and it has a lot of verticality. And you are scaling the town, trying to find ingredients for the different villagers to make food, and it's all it sounds mi- super cute. It's super cute, and it it's all like gone. Yeah, um, and it's oh man, yeah. It, 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 honestly, yeah, <laughs> um, and it's all mission-based, and it has really, really, really nice visuals. It's kind of got this like low poly 3D design to it, but then all the cutscenes have this like really nice, flat, simple vector art, and so like the e- like like in terms of presentation, it's great um in terms of gameplay it's okay the way her fishing hook works is it's kind of physics based so what you do is you really have to like grab and latch onto something and then like swing her left to right with the analog stick and kind of like i don't know like kind of quap her way across platforms hmm. like you know you know that game grow home where like you kind of have to like throw the character forward r- rather than like walk them forward
0: yeah, yeah, so, yeah,
2: so I guess it's kind of adaptive that way. Um, so it definitely takes a while to get used to the controls and the game keeps throwing up like tutorials and like stuff you've already figured out or like multiple different ways of doing the same thing with different button combinations. It seems like it has like too many buttons and the controls could have been way more simpler or like they could have given you like one or two ways and then you could have customized it after the fact and the options. But it seems like it gives you a, all of that on, at, at, at the start so it feels more cumbersome and complicated than it needs to be um, and the music isn't very good, I think it only has one song the entire game Oh so it's, no. of, so it's one of those things where like it plays the music from the main menu and then you launch the level and it's the same song and every time you play the level it has the same song and like it'd be cool if there was like a day and night cycle or something you know where it would play like a different version of the song just something cause like other departments seem to kind of like really polish their end, and other and other parts seem unfinished. Um, but like, it's fine. I I I got it for twenty quid. That's the most I pay for it. Um,
0: I know you're not into a game, Brian. Whenever you bring up its price, yeah.
2: Um, I'm really, really, really curious about the original game. I think it's I, I think it only came out in the Super Famicom, but um, it's just one of those weird like it it looks really really 90s if you look at any of the visuals like there's lots of
0: wait this was a this was a super famicom game like this series and i never knew that that's
2: the same she's always kind of had more or less the same design they've kind of like chibbied her up in the more recent iterations but she did look like more like a traditional anime girl before with short hair and the black hoodie uh and the pink sneakers um but like there's always been these enemies where it's like a carp with like human legs just like patrolling left and right and like it kind of looks like a bit like Seaman you know that Dreamcast game like it's got that weird 90s kind of like unfinished like texture aesthetic to it yeah yeah. which is kind of neat in 2020
0: I look forward to playing as her in Blade Strangers Yeah, oh, whenever that game goes on sale Blade Strangers
2: is fantastic I want to play it when it goes on sale too I played in the arcades in Japan and I loved it seems cool
0: um guys i played darksiders 3 whoa
2: this is uh thq's Um, game isn't it
0: i yeah i think so thq nordic maybe (laughs) um i'm the 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 lineage of darksiders is is confusing um but this is one of those games i read a lot about it um and I kind of just became interested like with the general response because the initial response was very muted and then I felt like you had a backlash of people saying no this game's actually really good and I wanted to see what the deal was. I've never played a Darksiders game. I understand that they're kind of like Legend of Zelda with metal Okay. and yeah I'm kind of I think I'm kind of done with um with kind of Ocarina of Time likes you know I've kind of you know I love, love, love the games we played but kind of I've done that and I'm cool. But I've heard that this game went more of a Dark Souls slash character action kind of direction. And so it starts off and you're playing as Fury. And Fury is like the third horseman of the apocalypse. The first one being War from Darksiders 1. One, second one being Death from Darksiders 2. And the fourth one being Strife, I think. And he's like got his own... Spinoff game, he seems like a like he strife seems like Deadpool, (laughs) but um, yeah, (laughs) like he really there's no other way to cut it than that. But um, you're playing as Fury in this one, and I know I haven't played that much of it, I played maybe two or three hours, and this really feels like a game that was in development and then Dark Souls someone played dark souls and they were like oh we need to make a fucking dark souls game right now and it's strange because like it has the structure of dark souls but not really like the the difficulty or challenge the combat so far has been very very simple there's like one attack button and you can vary up your combos by like not even by hitting like heavy there's no heavy button yet or there's no like there's like the main action and then a secondary attack but the main way you vary up your combos is by like hitting like square square pause for a second and then square that's how you do a slightly better combo than just your average hit but your weapon is like this these like whips and one problem I'm kind of having right now is that, like, I think, you know, if you're going to do, like, a Souls-like game, the, the balancing the difficulty is very important, and I think it needs to feel, I think your actions need to feel intentional, and you need to feel very, like, like, if you're facing a crowd of enemies, that needs to be, like, kind of a big deal, but in this, your attacks hit so wide that if you're fighting four enemies, if you make an attack, you're going to hit all of them, and the second attack's going to hit all of them, and then you're going to juggle all of them so it's this weird mashup between like kind of more hack and slashy games and a souls like and i'm not sure it particularly works um the combat never really feels very satisfying like whenever you see an enemy there's much more a feeling of like time to clean up this mess as opposed to time to defeat this enemy do you know what i mean yeah um But, that said, there is stuff I'm kind of enjoying about it, like, um, the whole premise of the game is that the fucking old gods or whatever they are, I don't know, they call Fury and they're like, oh shit's getting really bad and we need you to go kill the seven deadly sins, and so each of the bosses seven deadly sin, and that's like, yep, cool, you know, kind of, like, you've, everyone's played a game like that, I'm sure. But they pair you up with this, like, assistant. Kind of like a Navi from Ocarina of Time, but she's a watcher. And she's this, like, weird, nearly kind of... I'm gonna say gimp, but imagine, like, a really cool gimp.
2: (laughs) Okay. What
1: do you mean a gimp? Like a sex gimp?
0: As in, like, I can't tell if she's, like, in a leather costume or she's just... That's just what she looks like.
2: Okay oh so she's in a cat suit
0: not really <laughs> um because she imagine like a gimp dressed up as a wizard
2: is she a girl does, gimp. does she look like she's in a dominating does she like what's happened
0: if you went down to the if you went down to like the local snm club and it was dungeons and dragons night this woman wouldn't look out of place
1: oh I'm looking at a picture of her okay I kind of okay
0: am I doing this design design a disservice
1: no you're yeah I'm seeing the gimp thing she does have a chain on her and she does have a kind of fully black like it looks like she could be wearing latex or it looks like her body is just completely alien and she has a like just kind of she looks like a
0: yeah she's part she's part weird ethereal creature
1: yeah she doesn't look human but is human shaped
0: (laughs) yeah but she's actually a lot of fun, because it turns out, like, not long after, like, you meet her, she's actually, like, a massive fangirl of Fury, who you're playing as. And she's like, I, you're, you're Fury, like, you're the horsewoman, kind of. And Fury's like, yeah, like, okay, whatever. But then, like, you can... Eat, and it's all through these, like, little dialogue exchanges. You can feel them kind of warming towards each other. Like, t- towards <gasps> the end of my last session, Fury was kind of like... um, um she said something and it was like like i'm beginning not to tire of your voice or something like that like it are was they so, a like, ship john
1: are they a ship
0: are you shipping absolutely uh i'm i'm not shipping because as established don't really ship very often but like there it seems like there's a there is like an affection between them and i'm enjoying that a lot and like there's this it it, it, you know, feels a little bit like some subdom stuff going on, and I'm finding that element of the game kind of endearing, to the point where I'm like, I'm not having a lot of fun playing this, but I'm at least kind of interested to see where all this goes.
2: Alright.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, not bad, because yeah. this was free on PSN as well, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and like, if what I've said sounds like it appeals to you, and you had downloaded this on PSN, yeah, like, boo it up, like, give it a go. Um... Combat's not great. Um, now maybe maybe I'll like pick up new tools and like it'll get more interesting. But it also just doesn't feel great. You know what I mean? Like I think, you know, if an action game's gonna be good, you doing your most basic attack to an enemy needs to feel good. You know, the sword swings from DMC5, they feel fucking amazing. The attacks from Bayonetta, shooting a gun in Vanquish, it all feels amazing. The basic ass strike in this feels okay and so its appeal as an action game is going to be really limited because of that but yeah fuck it like this this feels like this feels like xbox 360 games used to feel <laughs> and maybe that's a massive downside for you or maybe it's it's good but like i am at least intrigued enough that i'm going to play more yes. brian will you be playing more of chibi robo
2: uh, yeah, I probably will. Um, this is a 3DS game starring Chibi-Robo and this is also another platformer where you don't jump and you have a tethered line instead to allow you to hire places. Uh, and I much prefer this game um, to the other one. Uh, I bought this game because uh, it was very, very cheap and I wanted the Chibi-Robo amiibo and it was cheaper to buy the Amiibo bundled with the game than it was to buy the Amiibo on its own.
1: Okay, okay, <laughs> Brian, going back. Is is this is this a Japanese game? Is, did they localize this one? The, like has is this Chibi Robo in the West?
2: Yeah, okay. So Chibi Robo's always been in the West because someone in Nintendo tried so hard to get people to like Chibi Robo, and only about f- and only about one. 5 people including myself liked it. And it took me, like, 15 years to like it. <laughs> and uh, I love the original Chibi-Robo for the GameCube. And there's a, a DS game as well called Park, Atro- Park Patrol. But then this isn't a, like, house sim cleaning management game. This is just, like, a very mediocre platformer starring the same character. And it's a very easy game to play. But if you want a 100% a level, that's very tricky because you'd have to, like make sure you're standing in the right spot and timing your whip to kind of like to like get the right bits and pieces. Uh, it's a very simple game to play. It kind of feels like a mobile game, to be honest.
0: Okay. Does it have that same like weird energy that Tree Robot has? That's the thing,
2: it does. And the music and sound design is exactly the same as the GameCube game and it has that same charm and dialogue. And so, even though it's a completely different game in terms of gameplay, it still feels like it belongs in the Chibi Robo game, and it has.
0: Because, because I feel like I would wade through some very average gameplay for that Chibi Robo magic. Yep,
2: that's what I'm doing right now because this is this is it. This is all you're <laughs> getting. Like this is the last thing Chibi Robo will ever be in. Like I don't see him make like making a comeback for the Switch, and I just wanted that amiibo because. I'm still thinking about that GameCube game and I want to own all that weird Chibi-Robo bullshit. Like, I bought a strategy guide in Japanese for the GameCube game.
0: I love it. I love it when you love a game enough that you're like, I'm going to buy the strategy guide, which is an insane thing to do in 2020. But you just need it because you just need to own it. I like
2: the artwork. I just wanted to see all the models together and it has all their, like, stats. It it was just... It was a good time. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, oh. I, I, I don't know why I'm playing a 3DS game, but, you know, here we are.
0: Here we are. So, guys, I talked a lot of shit about the new Pokemon. You did. He sure did.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I got Michelle a little Switch, and I got a Pokemon. And since then, I've been watching her play it and at some point i just i just kind of got the itch and i was like fuck it i think i i think i need to invest in this thing and i have been playing pokemon sword it has been my quarantine game and it's really good <laughs> i really like it they got you like they they totally got me and like i still think like the way that game was presented pre-release not great Um, but, and, like, a a lot of the things I, like, the things that I was worried about it are still there. Like, it's still, this is a Pokemon game. This is that same game you've played before. There is no difference, really. And, like, any kind of, like, big step forward I was hoping Pokemon was gonna take, it's never gonna happen. Like, it's just, it's, and why would it? Like, these games sell, like, fucking hotcakes every time. They have no... They have no reason to like really innovate or really do something like new and I was you know I'm, I'm I was and still kind of am hung up on that because I'd like them to just nuke all the Pokemon that exists just just get rid of every one of them let's start again let's make 60 pokemon let's make them the best fucking most interesting weird pokemon ever let's give them all these super strange battle mechanics let's just go insane let's make some mistakes
1: but i mean they They're kind of tried they kind of tried to leave out the old pokemon and you were on you were one of the people who was like dex they should put them all in
0: I fucking was not! You totally were! uh, Neve, you can go back and listen to those episodes and listen to me be like, I don't give a shit about Dexit. I don't care at all.
1: Okay. Well, that was one of the big complaints. But, like...
0: And that was. And, like, I thought that was silly because, to me, like, my problem with Pokémon is stagnation. Not, oh, no, I can't have a Gengar in my team for the eighth time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, look... When I actually like when I actually like saw the game in motion and like I saw Michelle play it, it was like, wow, there is a lot of effort that like has gone into this, and like it's a lot of it's po- like it's all polished.
2: The menus, the menu know? and it, like... systems are amazing for us.
0: Yeah, and like just the way they like repositioned the camera and like some of the stuff, like they have changed up the way that wild encounters work. Like now, Pokemon are like 3D models that walk around. And that is actually really cool because they've done this other really interesting thing where even in early, early level areas, you can totally run into like a level 50 Pokemon that will just wipe your entire team if you try and fight it. And I like that a lot because in previous games, the like the areas are always scaled to your level or at least what level they think you're going to be at when you hit there. And it kind of takes away from the idea that like these are wild animals that might attack you. And I really like that they kind of broke away from that. And, um... Honestly, I've just been having a terrific time with it. Like, it's... It's got me the way Pokemon gets me, and I really, really didn't think that was gonna happen. Um... I still think, like... You still have to go wade through about two hours of bullshit right at the start of the game before things get interesting. Um... And, like, every 30 minutes, some fucking Abolt is like, Oh, it's you, the trainer! And they talk to you for five minutes about fucking (laughs) nothing, And that's an aspect of the series that's gotten worse over time, and I don't like it, because, like, in the first Pokemon game, Professor Oak was like, fucking, good luck. Get it, you know, get out there, do your thing, and then that was you. But in a lot of the new games, it's a lot of, like, adult characters being like, wow, you solved the puzzle of my gym. You're so amazing. And I don't like that. I just like the idea that you're a kid (laughs) with your weird monster friends, and you're out on an adventure. But, um a lot of the new Pokemon are great uh, the Pokemon selection in general I feel like is really fantastic and like every new area is just like brimming with new creatures and it's like it's it's exciting and it's fun and I've yeah like I was, I was definitely wrong about this game um, and it feels good to be wrong in this case because it's like it's just a really polished adventure and it's just so easy to play and I it is the perfect quarantine game And with that, let's say we move into some quick time events. Guys, E3 is cancelled. Oh no. Yeah, it fucked up. Said some shit it shouldn't have said. (laughs) Oh, Uh, that that kind of cancelled. Lego Super Mario, isn't it? No. <laughs> <Yeah, so. laughs> i back.
1: So this is because of the coronavirus uh. concerns, but it kind of feels like a little bit of a... I don't know, like it nearly wasn't going to go ahead. It felt like it was on its deathbed anyway.
2: It's definitely gotten more underwhelming in recent years.
0: I, I think it definitely would have gone ahead, like, for sure. Yeah. Next year? Oh, I don't know. But this yeah it's like despite everything it's insane to me that it's cancelled like i can hardly believe it even though like it should be but like two weeks ago even i don't think we could have i couldn't have really imagine that it would have you know yeah hmm.
1: it's just like Are you guys so you me- yeah i yeah, like it sucks. I, the thing i love about e3 is like it's like if you know with gamer christmas is what they say but it's like everyone's on twitter everyone's excited everyone's talking about games and like, it's, I, I like that energy and I love new game announcements and I love all this news and it's fun to kind of be in that moment with everyone and I think that's what's mm. kind of sad as someone who, you know, being in Ireland I've never been to an E3 but like that aspect to me is sad that we won't have that and I'm sure we'll have kind of individual events but it's that kind of you know, that that week of games thing that is really exciting and fun
0: yeah, and it sucked because like we were talking about like live streaming some of the some of the announcements and stuff, and that would have been fun. Yeah, I really like yeah. uh, show
2: floors, demos, and stuff like that. Like I always like when a game company does like a cool set, or there's a game everybody's excited about, and there's a massive queue for it, and there's always that footage of the big massive queue. I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's just going to be all streamed keynotes at this point if if they are going to do something in june but it will would like it won't be called e3 it'll just be called like you know soul company special events kind of things
0: yeah it's it's such a weird feeling do you think there's an e3 2021
1: i think e3 would do a good job of rebranding completely like maybe leave them leave it for a year or two yeah. and just like Maybe even change the name. I don't know. Because I think that and this event is needed. Like, I think, you know, it's very easy for Sony and EA to do a live stream and tell us this news. But for smaller publishers and smaller people, it's it's harder to get that message out, maybe. So I think there's always going to be a need for it. And, you know, people want to go to these things as well. But I don't know. E3 itself... May- Maybe just with even all the punditry about, like, does it matter and all that questions. I think there's been, I don't know, there's just kind of been a shadow thrown over it that makes me think that maybe some people just want to pull away from E3 itself and not, you know, just a cool video game con for both professionals and fans.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a weird thing. Because it's, it's not the first time E3 didn't happen. I think wasn't there a year where no maybe that was when it was at a different location.
2: It it, it used to be called Space World, didn't it?
0: God, maybe I'm getting this wrong. Rebrand, go back to Space World. Space
2: World is such a good name. Mm -hmm. That could be anything.
0: But yeah, it's interesting times, and like you know, like there is like the argument that it's this is speeding up the inevitable because there's a lot of people who think that E3 doesn't really have a future in streaming that, like, people just, game developers aren't going to pay millions of dollars for, like, a booth or, like, a, you know, big stage show or anything like that. And I get that.
2: Well, like, but before it was cancelled, there was a lot of pullouts from, like, um, the big game companies. This this is, like, a month or two ago. And that it was going to be focused on uh, kind of, like, uh, streamers and influencers and you know, people like like people that consumers would watch that aren't in the game industry, but that are hype people. I guess.
0: Mm. Yeah. You're you're ninjas of yeah, the world.
2: The flossers.
0: <laughs> yeah. And now it's now, how now? Who's going to lead us to to do a massive choreographed floss? Not me. I asked you a question. Uh not me
2: uh okay. would a uh, super patch will step up and do a little bit of flossing
0: yeah pro gamer. I, you know i've always I, i'm always thinking about how to leverage the brand you know you know i'm always saying that to you guys yeah and i've been thinking for a while if i can get into fortnite but not like playing the game but just like the culture around fortnite
2: yeah just be a phony like, Fortnite um, dude. launch yeah, one like of your
1: videos I'm, in fortnite like they can that's tell
0: you you know that kind
1: of stuff yeah, yeah. They can tell half the Star um, Wars story in it, so you may as well just, Mm. next YouTube video is 100% Fortnite exclusive, and it's about the dark underbelly
0: of a cult.
2: John, how about about your next video is called Fortnite Unboxing, and there is neither Fortnite nor unboxing in it.
0: Like that sounds so good and like what i could do is i could just i could do a Fortnite stream but the stream is me pulling up pulling up the patch notes for Fortnite and being like what is this bullshit let me, let me if, if this is the changes they're gonna make i'm not even i'm just not even touching it for the foreseeable future and i just keep this going and going and going and i never play Fortnite, and then i floss that'd
2: be great um have Perfect. you guys ever dabbed i i i i, I I think we had this conversation before, and Neve is Neve, very good at dabbing.
0: I've not dabbed once, excuse you. I've seen Neve. There's literal photo evidence of you dabbing with two yeah. cartons of milk, and it was taken in 2019.
1: That was the milk salute.
2: Oh, not a dab.
1: The no, mi- the milk salute. All milk girls
0: do it to each other. Uh. <laughs> Whoa!
2: Whoa!
0: I'm uh, I'm not sure. I do. I. Um,
2: I'm really, really worried about dabbing.
0: I guess we need to, we need to come up. We need to come up with a milk. Yeah,
2: I, I'm really, really worried about dabbing because I'm worried I'm gonna like hit something like a book off my shelf and it'll go flying. Because like
1: I feel like I'm yeah. Because because that will definitely happen. You need to keep a safe. Mm-hmm safe distance from everything because you
2: know how when you like do one of those like flosses or dabs you're like moving your hands but you're not looking at where your hands are and you're supposed to like trust them no it's an inherent part of the. yeah dab. and like i i i would not trust my hands if i did not see them at all times
0: someone holds a gun to your head and they're like you have to floss a dab which do you do dab flossing is
1: hard dabbing is really easy i'd
2: probably try and dab and hope that i survive but like maybe may, maybe I'll dab and hit the gunman and I'll get out of there.
0: Yeah. I got I've got bad news guys. The gunman was ninja and he's like wrong move motherfuckers. Blam.
2: Well, maybe this'll finally get him canceled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that guy's so lame. Oh, life.
1: We can get him to do yeah, the milk sells. salute and tell him and then tell him it was a white power thing. <laughs>
2: fuck's sake
0: the milk salute is not a word
2: for no the uh, milk is for everyone
0: neve you you invented so you you invented something so pure and
2: now it's <laughs> ruined oh
0: uh, and... but i was just thinking about it the only like if if i heard
1: the word milk salute i was just like i bet that's racist somehow
2: to me it's religious it's like oh, we only drink <laughs> milk in this house because the lord <laughs>
0: Jesus, notorious milk yeah, guzzler. They're
2: like, so you have no wine? No, there's no wine in the Bible, only milk. It's like, I don't know, I think there was no, there's only milk in the Bible. <laughs> now we're getting into it.
0: Oh, I love I love this character, milk priest. <laughs> it's the body of Christ. <laughs> Drink it up.
2: The Milky Ways are on me. Here men. are
0: his bones. Oh, so yeah, E3 is cancelled. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but milk, there's milk aplenty full for everyone. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh milk, milk salute <laughs> Nee N- what's the milk salute look like? It
1: is just a dab you just have to be holding two cartons of milk while doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and not little cartons, like big like 2 liter. That's yeah, big N- boys. It. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have the photo? We should tweet out that photo. No. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, Lego Super Mario is announced and let I I don't know about this guy.
1: As a Lego connoisseur and a Mario hater, Mario has done it again. He's ruined something I loved. I think this looks shit. This looks bad. Where's just give us a Mario minifig. I, I, what is this horrible abomination? I'd really I'd really
2: rather, rather a Mushroom Kingdom diorama with like the lads this is exactly this is the castle yeah like like this is them going for like oh it's supposed to be a level base but like you're meant to have like some sort of honor system where you're meant to like play it properly but like nobody's going to play this game properly um
1: it's like the people who buy lego mostly there's two there's two people people who Lego's for, and it's children and adults. And the people buying Mario Lego, it's just children,
0: Neve. It's just Neve, it's just children. It's ju- Niamh, it's just children.
1: <laughs> no, it's adults as well. <laughs> uh, but no one plays with their Lego. People want to build it and put it on a shelf. Even most kids don't like playing with their Lego. They just want to, unless you're a small kid and it's a big bucket of Lego. But big, weird anal kids, aka adults,
0: like to build the Lego and then put it on a big, shelf. <laughs> big, weird
2: anal kids. Yep.
0: That's what Natal is. <laughs> it's not
2: wrong. So, so I hate
1: that this is like a little game. Like no
2: one's going to play that. Um
0: I I How is it like how is it a game? What's like I'm not sure. You're, you're so
2: so you're meant to set the timer for a minute and you're meant to collect coins cuz in the cuz in the YouTube video they sort of explain it and it, and he has like a different like color reader on his feet to tell you like whether you're jumping on a jumping under a brick or above a brick or if you're jumping on an enemy.
1: So it has this weird big blocky figure of Mario that has a little screen built into his chest. He has a screen in his chest and, and his you. mouth and eyes. Yeah. And he looks nightmarish.
2: Um I his eyes change. Yeah. And, and and his mouth changes from like a smiling grin to like an open mouth under his mustache. Um I don't I, I okay, so for me I kinda wanna own this when it gets like real cheap and nobody wants it and i just want to own it and have it on my shelf just just Mar- as a mario yeah as, mario as thing. a weird mario thing um i'll see it's probably going to be really expensive as well at launch
0: mhm
2: this is yeah. nintendo like they could charge whatever they want and they will
0: and lego i feel lego. like i feel like this is this is nightmarish in a way i appreciate once i saw his expression change i was like <laughs> okay
2: yeah, it, it it's something. Um I, I will be one of the I I will be one of the adults who owns this. I don't know if I want the full set or anything, but uh I, I just want it for myself. But it, it it looks weird. But then
1: I hope if anything this this is gonna be the start of some better Mario sets because there is some really nice things they could make uh for people to collect, but they're working with Nintendo now so let's hope they
0: do more than just this yeah it'd be cool like to see like a Bowser airship something like that yeah
2: like cause like to me in the like trailer they show for it like cause it's just like you're building like beams you're building just lines and it's supposed to represent a 2D yeah. plane and so like you're meant to fill in the blanks yourself with the skyline and the horizon and everything but like it really just looked like you were walking across planks to get from A to B to C and it didn't really feel believable or imaginative like Lego normally does it felt a bit empty
0: it feels pretty like far off for Lego like if you showed me this without packaging I wouldn't immediately think Lego
1: yeah I think that's a problem to be honest I think it's kind of cool but also mostly a problem
0: Um, crunch time on Last of Us Two
2: sucks. Um, this 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 yeah, this is a thing that I happens in Naughty Dog, isn't it? Like they have this weird like strive for perfection, and it's kind of pushed into the mantra of the staff.
0: Big time. Um, it was like I, th- I think Naughty Dog kind of came under fire for this when they did the art. Well, not when they did when um, Blood Sweat and Pixels came out. That um, Jason yeah. Schreier book. And there was that infamous line where the guy is like, "Sure, we have to, we have to stay late at night." But then, when a player shoots that bag, and the rice grains pour out and the bag deflates as if it were an actual bag, you know, we know it was all worth there or something like that. Yeah, they're and like that was that's worth a weekend most...
1: or something, and you're just yeah, like, and Ugh. it's like
0: what, <laughs> like oh. But um, this it kind of went into like some of like Naughty Dog's hiring practices, and it's the kind of thing where they're like, "Well, we want to hire people who are going to want to work late," and it's like, "Yeah, everyone wants to work late." In an interview, like, and there's but there's only so long that can last before it starts taking away from persons, you know, their family time, their personal time, but like their health as well, and like it sucks because we've been over this kind of story so many times, it nearly gets to the point where you don't even know what to say because it's all the fucking same like Mm -hmm. it's Rockstar, it's CD Projekt Red it's Naughty Dog, but it's, it's weird how recently this kind of stuff has been fine for developers and it's only now that it's like, but it's not even like they're, it's not even like they seem to be like doing better practices and standards, it's just they're talking about it less you know yeah
1: yeah they know that public um opinion is against them so they're not putting it out anymore as like oh you know
0: we did like as a kind of nearly a badge of honor like they used to yeah yeah totally you used to have like publishers bragging about how much crunch they'd be i remember no i always remember like i'm sorry i was just gonna say i remember way back in the day when i used to buy gaming magazines they had this one article by um a like game developer and it was the first thing I'd ever read from someone who actually made games and i remember it was this was like 20 years ago and it was him just being like okay you want you want to you want to make games this is what it's like and it was just this like not even 200 word article but just him being like you stay after midnight to work on a game you hate that you know is going to review poorly and that's this industry and it's like this isn't a new thing with AAA games this thing has been a part of the industry for fucking ever but it does just feel like especially gross and like we've experienced this in our own field where it's like you can't help feel like people's passion is kind of just funneled into these projects and exploited to the point that it's like and then like a lot of them get end up getting treated really shitty you know like mm-hmm. remember the whole rockstar taking people off the credits thing and this just feels like an extension of that and it's like cool and like this gets into personal preference but like with Naughty Dog, I just don't feel like anything they do with games is really that interesting. Like, I feel like they make triple A movies that are games, but I think, like, the things they do with the medium, generally, I don't. I just don't think it's worth this, you know? <laughs>
1: I don't think like, any game's worth fucking... it. I would rather wait like six years for a game that I knew everyone on it had a healthy work-life balance than get a game in three to four years because we're waiting long times anyway yeah. and know that people crunched and missed out on family time and missed out on their, like, like damaged their mental health and their physical health. Working like like that will damage both of those things very quickly. Like, I, I would rather wait personally As a gamer who loves games.
0: Yeah, totally. But, like, my point would be that, like, I feel like there is this tendency to kind of fetishize the kind of results that come from this kind of stuff. And to me, it's just not that impressive. Like, it's just, it seems like a shitty trade, you know?
1: Yeah, like the Rockstar horse balls. Like, it's, okay, it is very (laughs) interesting that they shrink in cold weather, but I, who needs that? (laughs) Not I.
2: Someone yeah. needed that. Yeah, exactly. Um I I remember the the series The Legend of Korra, I think it was during season two production, they put out a promo video of all the staff working hard on it, and they had like animators like uh like with like sprains in their wrists and they were like rubbing their arms and stuff from all the drawing and there was like footage of a guy sleeping underneath his desk. But it was all played up as like this is this is this is what they do to make Cora for you and stuff and it was supposed to be promoted <sighs> as this like like look like, how like as if they're fighting a war or something and every and like, it got such negative backlash that it was just footage of staff being exploited um
1: that stuff is so insidious as yeah. well because then you'll have like people like you know there'll be articles about crunch and how bad it is and then you'll have little idiots who's never worked in a studio in any capacity in in creative industry being like Oh well you know it's passion you know they want to work like this and they want to do it this way and there will always be a minority of people who absolutely do want to work and do crunch like this but that is the minority in a studio yeah. not like the majority ever but you get people kind of being like it's passion this is games like they're getting to do their dream job but this is you know what it takes and they should have to sleep under their desk you know because they're driven so much by this but like for a lot of people it's their dream jobs for a lot of people it is their dream job and just their job you know they want to go home they want to see their family they want to do their hobbies they're just people and then for other more people it is just a job that they aren't even that passionate about
0: it's just what pays the yeah, bills yeah you know? they
2: they are hired for their skills not for their creativity it's yep. just it's yeah it's work um i i think if you're the creative lead at the very top work whatever whatever work whatever hours you want because sure, it was probably your baby uh, to begin with. Yeah, and
0: you're also you're also gonna reap the full rewards yeah, from it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, contract workers on a paycheck aren't gonna get residuals in most cases. No, they're getting
0: paid once. But you know, we we we've we've all worked places as well where like i've worked alongside people who are like they were so passionate about the company we worked for and they were willing to do anything like you know unpaid overtime was just not even a question like of course you did it and if you weren't doing it what were you doing like and then i've seen those same companies turn around on them five years later and after all this work them just be rewarded with a layoff you know
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and i think that's still what the games industry is like and I I feel like sometimes like enough people don't realize that and they think like there's always a carrot at the end of this stuff and sometimes there just isn't and I think it's a real bummer to see that exploited in people but yeah again kind of hard to know what to say because it just keeps happening like ultimately unionization I think is kind of the only thing that will stop this it's not going to be the good of these giant companies hearts but yeah hope things get better. Guys, a Nintendo Indie Direct yeah, happened. Yeah, it did. Um, I thought there was some yeah, cool stuff Yeah, there was. In
2: this. Um, I like that game made by the No Man's Sky team. Seems like a much smaller game in terms of scope, looks. What
0: would you like about that, brand?
2: um I really like the visuals of No Man's Sky, but I have no interest in ever playing that game. And I've wanted to play something that is in a genre that I would be more interested in. So this seems like that. Just a little third person.
0: Yeah, did you did you check this out at all, Neve? No, you guys are going to have to fill me in.
2: I can't remember the name of it. Will do.
0: It, um, I'm looking it up now. Uh, Eldest Souls? Yeah, Was I think that's that it? it. Or, no, The Last that's Campfire. That's it, yeah, The Last Campfire. Oh, man. And it's made by Watch's yeah.
2: Face, Sean Murray, who's the creative director of uh no man's sky hello games Games, who was you know i thought it was kind of
0: a curious choice to have that guy on camera again yeah
2: they they shouldn't let him do pr ever
0: yeah i would have thought after everything um there was stuff i really like i thought this was a good direct it got through stuff pretty sharp and i like that uh i thought the fake banter was so fucking bad (laughs) yeah this game reminds me of when I was in my goth phase.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, no, don't do that.
0: Yep. Yeah, I was just like, oh, stop it. Like, these are good games. Like, they did a cool thing where they were, like, showing a lot of the indie indie developers on screen. And it was cool because you were seeing, like, ar- like Argentinian directors and, like, you know, people from places that, like, you don't get noticed a lot. And some of the games are great. I thought I Am Dead looked yeah, really it did. cool. Yeah, it It's got a cool
2: mechanic as well. With their yep. weird X-ray um, stuff.
0: I, yeah, it's it's that seemed rad. It's like this little fishing village, Neve, and you have to like. It's, it's like, you're, I don't know what you are and it. It nearly looks like you're this weird disembodied character. But, like, you go into a room and, like, you know, it frames the room and the camera really nicely. It's got this really beautiful, colorful, to like, flat, but, like, 3D art style. And then, like, you know, you kind of, you go into a box and then, like, the box opens up. But then the box fills the screen in this really interesting compositional way. And I thought that looked class. Um, um, cyanide and happiness get in the game. There you go, everyone.
2: Everyone's favorite webcomic. Uh, after control alt elite, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I really like that Italian Studio Ghibli-looking game. Yeah, looked it looked great. really, really nice. And, like, we have a lot of Italian friends in the animation industry, but, like, they always have the best sketchbooks. So it was like looking at, like, your Italian animator friend's sketchbook as a game with just all these lovely concepts fully yeah. visualized.
0: Um, I thought moving out looked kind of cool as well. Yeah, it did. It's just a game. It, it's, ba- it's basically looked like... Uh, what's that cooking game? Oh, um, uh, you know the four-player one, Brian? Four- Overcooked. Yeah, it looked like that, except you had to move out. Moving out's a nightmare. It's a really funny idea to make a video <laughs> game about that. Um, And then... They showed Swery's The Good Life again. And yes, that looks good. <laughs> Excuse me. Um... So that
1: officially got a Switch announcement because originally it wasn't going to come out in Switch so it's great that it's coming out there. It feels like something that should be on oh, Switch.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And that game continues to look cool and I'm glad it's coming out this year. But yeah. Um, any final thoughts on the Nintendo Direct? Game?
2: Um, I just I think it's a very cool indie machine, the Switch. I just think it's uh, I'm always impressed about what appears on the eShop that you didn't know was being in development or being developed, so it's cool that they're kind of jumping ahead and just, you know, reminding us of what's coming out later this year.
0: Sometimes I really like when an indie game drops on Switch where it's like, you just open up the market and there it is. It's like, oh, I remember this from like four yeah. years ago. Yeah, I yeah, to try I this. I love that feeling. I played Vulgar the Viking on Switch. It was good. <laughs> um... Mark Cerny describes the PS5.
2: Yeah, Uh, and he he describes it very well. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Um, So everyone's at home on their computers. Uh, What better time to get them excited about a new console that's out at the end of the year? Um,
1: A new console where people thought there might be an announcement in February.
2: Yes, and um, announce it the day before. Do Brian,
0: any- uh, sorry if I could just Brian, sorry if could I just speed you up? Could you just get to the whatever with the games they talked? Oh, about? Oh, the, there
2: were no games. There, there was nothing visually there. It was all described uh, with some kind of ambiguous, uh, uh, kind of like low poly uh, uh, bar charts.
0: Sorry, Brian, I don't think you understood the question. Just. Um, Last of Us 2, Crash 5, whatever we're fucking talking here, just whatever Whatever Mark's already talking. Act 3? Uh, uh, like he talked happened,
2: about Dead Space, which was a PlayStation 3 game. He talked about Jack 2. Dead Space no, no, 4? No, 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 no. Dead Space 1 on the PlayStation 3. He talked about Jack 2, which is on the PlayStation 2. So he okay. talked about games from about 10, 15, 20 years ago. Really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... I feel like the lecture, the whatever you want to call it, the presentation itself—not you know—not really a public-facing thing as much as a game developer thing. I thought the messaging of just putting out a tweet, being like "Road to PlayStation Five now,"
2: and, and doing a countdown and streaming the, it live.
0: Yeah, yeah. Streaming it on I, YouTube and Twitch. Yeah, this maybe would have been a great like second presentation on the playstation 5 because so much of it was just like and like i know people are going to be saying like well they said it was going to be a technical thing not the way i saw it like i just saw the thing on my timeline and i was like cool let's fucking go and then it was that Mm -hmm. and it was not like the chat was so brutal they were just and like mark is
2: such an important guy in sony like he's a great asset to the company and like people didn't know who he was and so they were like who's this nerd who's who's this dana carvey looking guy
1: the messaging was so awful because it was like you know gdc was cancelled and it was just like this is kind of the information they were going to have but they recorded it and put it out there and that's all cool but the messaging around it was not that at all but even even if it was that it was so weird like this was always going to be technical and dry But this was, like, so dry, it was nearly, like, it felt like satire. It felt really weird. Like, the cardboard cut out, like, audience members. Like, there's just, like, three (laughs) silhouetted people in front of him, and they don't look like they're there. You're just like, are they moving? Is that on a loop? Like, what is happening? Yeah.
2: (laughs) At at the bit towards the end where he started talking about ears and how he was going to, like... How the PlayStation Five would like that, sculpt your ear and like I, I I get the idea
0: that one line where it was like maybe maybe you'll take a photo of your ears and send them to us yeah. <laughs> like I was like oh boy like this is not oh like,
2: I, I I I it's very impressive that the PlayStation Five will be very easy to develop for that that that's a huge relief and that yeah. that the architecture is like he should be proud of that like he's. He's a very, very talented man with a very, very talented team. And I'm sure the PlayStation 5 will be a fantastic system in two or three years when these games are developed for us. And hopefully the turnaround for the development won't take too long because of the great architecture. Um, but Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to feel about this, really.
0: Um, there was have some... you guys looked up any... Oh, sorry, John. Go, go ahead. Sorry, no, you go uh, ahead, Neve. No, you go ahead. I was just
1: going to say there was some, like interesting stuff in it about the ssd and about like you know play your playstation 5 games on the ssd but maybe have an external hd drive for your uh playstation 4 games and then they said that it would be the top 100 playstation 4 games that would be backwards compatible and then people are like, oh, so not everything PlayStation 4 is going to be backwards compatible, which is kind of a lot of people thought that that's where this was going. I mean, Xbox has done a really good job of backwards compatibility. And I don't know where this rumor started, but a lot of people have for some reason thought that this PlayStation 5 will not only play PS4 games, but three and two and maybe yeah, one. No, it won't. And that's just no way that's not going to happen but it is super disappointing to hear that it's going to be like a kind of i guess a staggered thing for playstation 4 games
2: yeah like it's it's not really a yeah. priority yeah. unless it's like a big system seller you know like uncharted 4 or bloodborne or something like that that's like very exclusive very like you know a playstation 4 game yeah and
0: i think um it's from what i've seen with like i've seen people say before like that basically uh backwards compatibility is a thing that people really want but very few people actually play and so i can see why it's like a weird proposition for games companies to invest in it um i i i had not heard that thing about the backwards compatible playstation 1 playstation 2 games until after the fact and i saw a lot of people being like oh it you know no playstation 1 or 2 backwards compatibility i was kind of I was kind of surprised. I was like, "Wow, is that a thing people like are still kind of looking for?" Because I'd like it. Like, I'd be like, "Oh, cool, that's awesome," but it's definitely not something I'd expect from. Like, a like do people console. have
2: PlayStation One discs that they're burning to use right now?
3: Yeah,
1: it's kind of weird, especially like with a lot of like they're clearly not going to do that. They're doing HD remakes and remasters because they sell. Yeah, you know. Like, I have yeah, Final neither. Fantasy VIII there on PlayStation 1. I'm not going to bring out my PlayStation 1. I'm going to buy a, the HD version on the Switch. Yeah. Like, why? Like there's profit there that they're probably going to take advantage of rather than put in backwards compatibility for a 20-year-old console.
2: Like, unless you really, really want to play yeah. Vib Ribbon again. I'm trying to think of, like, PlayStation 1 games that are stuck on the PlayStation 1, but, like, most of them are ported. Like, even Medieval was ported last year. Like nobody wants to play original medieval. If the if there's a
0: I'd love if they I'd love if they ported the original or I'd love if they HD remastered the original Resident Evil 1, 2 and 3, the PlayStation 1 versions. I'd be really down for that. But I don't know that they would. Yeah, like yeah. Guys, What say we take some
2: do you want to send us an email
0: Brian I'd love to send an email but as far as I know you guys don't have an address and so I'm kind of John stop talking
2: and start typing an email to askletsfightaboss at gmail.com
0: I see um okay I'm gonna take this first one from Nick um is wrestling art if so please explain if not thank you for respecting my time at last cheers Nick yes next email
2: yeah. Uh, okay, so here's one. Uh, <laughs> okay,
0: no, no, can we kick? No, can we? Uh, we have we ever talked about like the whole video games art thing on this podcast? I don't know. If we ever? I sure
2: we did a while back.
0: Did we? Yeah, probably.
2: Like, like, like something know. like Shadow of the Colossus has more credibility than like, um, you know, some. Parody movie, brutal legend. yeah, like Brutal Legend. I, I don't know, yeah. Video games are art,
0: yeah, yeah. Like uh, to me, like art's not a statement of quality. Like to me, everything's art. Not all arts, yeah. Are good. So, yeah. But wrestling is the best. But wrestling is the best form. Wrestling
2: is crazy ass performance theater.
0: Yeah, and it's as as those silent arena shows have proven.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: But yeah, wrestling's totally are. It's like, someone would have to explain to me how it's not. Honestly, like, I just, I, I don't see it. Um, Brian, why don't you take this next one from Hello Canada? Oh. Hello from Canada. Okay,
2: sure. Hello from Canada. I've been listening to you, to use guys, for about a year now, and I love every episode. Thank you. I wanted to tell you all about a trend I noticed between the three of you and see your opinions. Brian and John seem to be the type to mostly dip their toe into lots of games every year and rarely get to the end of most games. Niamh, on the other hand, tends to go the whole nine yards with quite a bit of games every year, even if she doesn't like them very much. I don't get that part. Question for B and J. That's Brian and John. She
0: she beat all of... Uh, yeah, beat Destry. the shit out of it.
2: <laughs> um, Question for B and J. How often do you feel... Uh, disappointed that you spent money and barely used the product. I know that when I buy a game and I barely play it either because it doesn't grip me as much as I was expecting or other games got in the way I feel bombed and like I wasted my time and or money. And the question for Nia then, well do, should, should we answer that part first and then get to the news question?
0: Yeah, yeah I guess yeah.
2: so. Um, if I'm uncertain about a game I'll buy it physically uh, that way I can flip it if I don't like it or I'll wait a year or two or until it's super cheap and then try it that way. Um, I think if I buy a game digitally and I don't like it and it's there stuck on my home menu, that's definitely a bitter feeling.
0: Yeah, um, I only ever feel it like if it's like a 60 euro brand new game and I'm just like, oh shit, like I just don't like this at all. Yeah. Um, that kind of stings but also like um i would say there's very few games that like i don't play that much of like there's there's a lot of games i won't finish but like usually i'll give like if i pay in money for a game i'm usually going to give it at least at least like 6 or 7 hours and sometimes with the podcast like i might come on and be like oh i played 2 hours of this game and then i might play like another 4 or 5 hours and then i'll be done but i just I didn't experience anything new that I thought was worth talking about on the podcast, so I just won't bring it up again. Do you know what I mean? So maybe that makes it sound like I don't get as far into games as I do. But um, one thing I actually wanted to try and do this year was spend more time beating games because like, especially when I went through our game of the year list last year, I had nearly twice the games that you guys did but I had completed so few and I missed that feeling of finishing games and so I wanted to kind of go back and finish more games like this year I've already beaten a bunch of games like a bunch of games from my back catalog like Kiwami 2 and stuff and that's a yeah. good feeling
2: uh, okay and then the question for Niamh, uh why do you spend so much time on some games that you really don't like uh, such as Days Gone and Death Stranding I am more like you in the sense that I try to get the most out of games I buy but you seem to be on a whole other level <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: I think it's like because I don't really hate them like (laughs) i enjoy how do i put this i enjoy disliking something as much as i enjoy liking something
2: that's true whoa
1: like i find it interesting when i play something and i love it i want to play it to completion and understand why i love it and if i play something that i didn't like i really want to play it to completion just so i can understand why i don't like it or what didn't work about it for me i'm also like definitely curious that like maybe are afraid even like say with Death Stranding, like I had some people telling me, oh, you know, they explained the baby thing like later on. And I was just like, oh, well, I want to get to the explanation because maybe it'll give context for this. And then I'll like this a lot more with that context. Um, And that didn't happen at all. And mostly it doesn't happen. But I think as well, being someone who wants to criticize something, I feel like if I'm going to be critical about a game, I kind of have to give it its dues. Like I have to try and experience as much of uh, it as possible. So I can really be like, no, they don't actually explore that. Or they do explore that, but I don't think it was done particularly well. And I feel like there might be this, like, even if it's just microscopic, but there might be this, this tiny thing I left out that could give context that could change my opinion on something. Either way, I kind of want to give it the chance. But generally, I have as much fun with a game I dislike as a game I like. Like, when I was playing Death Stranding, I was going between Ah, yay, I'm having fun, to Ooh, this is really... you're you're ticking me off, Kojima! Like, I don't ever want Kojima to not make games. I want him to make games forever, and I want to love them and hate them. You know, they're eliciting an emotional response from me, and I like that. Whether it's good or bad, you know? it's like watching a crap movie it's kind of like there's something fun about it and I am I know sometimes people will be like but it's 80 hours not two hours <laughs> and if I really do just I'm finding no joy in something I will drop it but like with days gone you know it was mostly miserable but honestly the start of it was more miserable and the end was more fun I wanted to see how that story would play out and you know I I, I don't know I feel like like, what's the point of going 80% on something and then kind of dropping it at that at that point? For me, I'd feel more frustrated at myself if I dropped it. I'd feel like I'd wasted more time by dropping it than by finishing and just putting a little t- tick mark next to it and being like, that's done. You know, I never have to think about it again. I never have to look back on it. It's, it's done. Yeah,
2: that's fair.
0: Yeah, as someone who drops a lot of games, there are games that kind of haunt me yeah and i'm like oh should i but then there's this some stuff like like if a game becomes just where i where i have to convince myself to play it i know that's it like i know i'm just kind of done from from there so yeah it's a weird balancing act and i think everyone's kind of different i do think you're right though about like there being value in playing a game that you're not necessarily enjoying like, um, I'm getting a bit of that with like Dark Side is Three. Like, it's like, wow, this action really isn't hitting home with me. Why is that? And yeah. trying to like piece together why that's not working for you. I think that's a really kind of fun experience to have.
1: I think, like, you know, we're, we do this podcast, we're kind of part time critics, we're not professionals in any case, but I kind of do like to explore why I have these feelings and to try and figure out why and, you know that usually involves finishing the whole thing, but then again, I'm not one of these people who thinks you have to finish a game to have an opinion on it at all. Just for me, I like to,
0: I like to do that. Yeah, yeah. We got a question for the yeah. whole gang uh,
2: here. Question for the whole gang. Uh, what games do you most wish to have a real sequel? No spiritual successor stuff. And then he and then says here. Uh, for me, there are two. I want another Pokémon tournament. A very fun a very unique and fun fighting game that I think deserves a larger fan base and the second would be another retro studio Donkey Kong either a third 2D platformer or their take on Donkey Kong 64 uh, Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Uh,
1: I would like to see Octopath Traveler 2 I, I think they have a good basis for something there that just did not hit that landing for a lot of people um, but I really liked that team, and I really liked how that looked and what they were trying to go for. So I would love to see them do do a two, and you know, expand on everything they learned.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, I'd love a Pikmin four. Uh, Pikmin three came out in 2013. That was seven years ago. Um, I would really, really like to see a Pikmin on the Switch. There's so many games that use that kind of like uh, small scale tilt shift aesthetic to them now with like. Link's Awakening remake, and, and the new a- a- Animal Crossing has it as well, where everything looks really, really nice and out of focus. They all look like toys. I think they could really, really do something special with Pikmin 4, and I think Nintendo shouldn't make it. They should give it out to some other second-party developer, like Retro or another Western studio like that, Just just to see their take on a franchise like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... For me I think the two big and like it's not like I think these need a sequel because like I'm satisfied with what's out there I'd love Mother 4 um, I'd I'd kill for Mother 4 that'd be great Um, but you'd have to get the main you know that you know the way you were saying about like farming out Brian to me like that dude
2: has to be yeah.
0: yeah like that series is him and I don't think it works without him and then it would be the opposite for me with Silent Hill give it out to some weird studio like let them have a shot with it you know although do you guys see there like those rumors getting heavier and heavier that it's like yeah Kojima's working uh, there's two Sure, let's do that (sighs) yeah like sure you know I'd I'd love to see Silent Hill back in whatever form and maybe it'll suck but like that's that's the kind of roll the dice with this stuff so yeah
1: um one more that I'll throw in there uh i'd love to see the clock tower series come back in some way um you Was know the
0: last one of those games the playstation 2 one yeah wow. that's such a cool game
1: i feel like it's like ripe for kind of a reboot or a return and like since like resident evil is doing so well and i feel like there's like you know people want some more horror games i feel like the clock tower series might be a good one to bring back
0: yeah. okay yeah um did you ever play that? Was it Project Scissors? Was that what it was called?
2: Hmm. What's
0: Project Scissors? Some of the staff, some of the staff from Silent Hill and Clock Tower made a Kickstarter for a weird horror game, and you're on a boat, and a man with giant scissors chases you.
1: Wow! No, I've never heard of this.
0: Neve, I think you told me about this. Did
1: I? <gasps> oh, yeah. It looks. Yes, I know what this is.
2: Project huh. Scissors. I haven't played it. Anyway, uh, this email was from Chris. Thank you very much, Chris.
0: Thank you so Thanks much, Chris. Chris. Uh, Neve, why don't you take this last one on Conor McGregor? Because,
2: because it is St. Patrick's Day week and, you know, we got to gotta do something Irish.
0: That's the only time of year you can ask us about Irish things. The only <laughs> time. Okay.
1: I have a question about fighting for you guys so john has mentioned that he started practicing bjs and a while <laughs> ago do you still practice john question mark uh if you do i really recommend the documentary choke <laughs> <laughs> it's about
0: <laughs> wow that, that really lined up for you didn't it yeah
1: man? i love it it almost does uh, it's about Rickson rixon gracie and i guess it's on youtube smiley face and also, do any of you guys know about Conor McGregor? He has a fight near the end of January, I think. I know he is from Dublin. And I'm pretty sure he's known around the world. He's done some bad stuff lately, but he's surely an awesome fighter. Any thoughts on him or MMA at all? Thank you. You have a good one. Uh, who is this from? I don't
0: know. It's from it's from oh.
2: you, listener.
0: Uh, I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can pull up a name.
1: Uh yeah, we know about Conor McGregor. Ireland's really small. If anyone achieves anything, you kind of hear about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're all very, very aware of Conor McGregor. Um, I think I don't know. I was like, yeah, Conor McGregor. Like, he's cool, and then he became very not cool very quickly, and just became he's just very
0: very quickly.
1: He's just a dick. Like he just seems like a big dickhead. He's just. A big stupid. He's dinner,
2: he's a fucking embarrassment at this point in terms of international distribution yeah. of an Irish person. Like he's worse than Bono. Like to me, just he yeah. he's, he's just an embarrassment. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, like um, like at best he's kind of an asshole, but at worst, like there's some real fucking salacious information that goes out about him, and just like really awful things he's done, and like I hate the way he carries on I hate the way he fights I think he's well I don't hate the way he fights like I hate the way he builds up to a fight and the way he's constantly taunting his opponents and all that kind of stuff and like the way he digs into their pasts and finds like the most hurtful shit he can just to save Mm. them at the press conference and like okay like it's all for you could say it's all for show or whatever but like it fucking sucks like if i fought someone like that in brazilian jiu-jitsu who is like trying to get personal and granted this is just like you know a shitty gym or a gym that i go to there's nothing on the line but that's so against what martial arts are to me and why i do them and i can't stand the guy and like yeah he's good at fighting but like fuck him he's a terrible person and that trumps that yeah to, me yeah. to no ends
1: there's a lot of people who are very good at fighting and are you know good sports about it you know yeah. And Conor McGregor just isn't. I think like there's been a lot of shit that he's done has just turned me off. But seeing him hit that owl lad in the pub for not wanting to drink his shit whiskey was just one of those, Oh fuck you, you're so gross. Yeah,
2: that that was that it's was. Gross that anyway.
1: Man. But that was just like slapping an owl guy because he don't want he, he doesn't want to drink your drink. Did
2: you did, did you guys see the photo? Well, like if
1: you've if you've
0: heard the
2: no, no go on.
0: Sorry, just um if if you've heard like some of the shit that goes out about Conor McGregor, like there's some pretty you know, pretty horrific claims been brought against them, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept a drink from him either, you know? Sorry, I didn't say.
2: When people were panic buying last week, they were buying up all the liquor, you know, for St. Patrick's Day as well, and nobody is buying his whiskey. It's just, like, fully stocked on the shelves, (laughs) Ah! beside like, empty Jameson-like shelves and stuff like that. I mean, that's very funny um he he was like cool for a hot minute back in like 2015 2016 but then like the more he was out in the public the more embarrassed you were about him and now he's just like i don't like him being brought up if you go on holidays they're like oh do you watch conor mcgregor fights you're just like no not really like i really like before when seamus the wrestler was getting big and you'd go on holidays to new york or something and they'd be like oh you're irish like seamus the wrestler and you'd be like yeah like yeah, exactly. Yeah, Becky, Becky Lynch is awesome, go. but like Conor, Conor McGregor is not. It... Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, if we want to talk about good Irish sports, like um, like in that field of like fighting, like Katie Taylor. Yeah, Katie
2: Taylor great.
0: Yeah, class, guys. Let's say we do some Patreon shoutouts. Oh,
2: yeah. Here we go. There's a website on the internet called Patreon.com forward slash lfab did you know that? bet you know now
0: oh sorry Brian um, why are you bringing up a random website like what what does this have
2: to do because really? if you join us, if you pledge three dollars or more you can join our discord server where there's a bunch of cool dudes hanging out saying N-. get the and fuck like, out are this you this is serious? the only place on the internet I've ever been to where people are nice to each other like lovely lovely it's, people yeah
0: like uh, neve can you verify any of this um I, I think those guys
1: are uh, uh, evil little gnomes and I don't enjoy them <laughs> whatsoever
0: you
2: got to break their hearts Neve
0: you're kind of you're kind of stealing a bit here
1: uh, I'm sorry no I love our evil little gnomes uh, I think they're great <laughs> they're they're what keeps the podcast going they're just cranking the little shifts in the the internet machine uh on our discord and they make the podcast
0: so run. if you would like to be a little gnome cranking the gears that is the let's fight a boss podcast you can do so at patreon.com forward slash lfab where you can also have a message read out just like our friend here gliversoul who says henshin a go-go baby
2: there you go uh i'll, I'll, I'll take the next one it's from uh choco and Chocolope says, Forklift Chan is best girl.
1: And this is from, I presume that's a Shinmu reference. Oh, yeah. And this is from Brigadoon, uh, Marin, and...
0: <laughs> Say it. Go for it. <laughs> Say it, Eve.
1: Zatupi.
2: There you go, everyone. Zatupi.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for keeping me company during my Persona 2 playthrough. Wow. No problems, Zatoki. Persona
2: 2. That's amazing. Um,
1: and just to put out there, guys, thank you so much for giving to the Patreon. We are so close to our um, Shenmue 2 Let's Play. J- Brian is just quaking in his boots, and John is quaking too in other ways.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, dear. <laughs> um, yeah. D- Shenmue 2 do you feel how hyped I am
0: Brian I feel like you and Shenmue kind of got off on we'll say the wrong foot but um, I really genuinely think like I'm not even joking this isn't a bit I genuinely think Shenmue 2 is going to turn you around do you think like
2: after I play two minutes of Shenmue 2 I will like throw my chibi robo amiibo off the balcony
0: you will. You'll be like Kirby, more like fuck boy. Hey. I, I'm only saying what I know. Do like, you be think
2: true. I'll be like Banjo Kazooie was always what? bad and Shenmue is the greatest thing ever? Do you think I'll be like that kind of guy?
0: 100%. I, absolutely. I,
2: I refuse to believe this, but what could be a possibility is only determined by you, our dear audience. Did you see what I did there?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash LFB.
2: Guys, what's if we do some loot drops? Yes, we're at the end of the show. We got some cool shit to give to you all. Uh what mm-hmm. do you guys have?
0: Um, well, Brian, why don't you go first, and we will, we will. Okay. Get so right what's to happened is Neve and John moment.
2: don't have anything prepared.
0: Brian, it's a pandemic. It's a yeah, goddamn pandemic. you have been consuming pandemic, so okay? much
2: media. Would you not just like you know recommend one of them? Okay, I'll go first.
0: I have. Okay, I have,
2: mine is a YouTube channel called uh, Trash Theory. I think I loot dropped this channel before, but they have a video on firestarter by the prodigy and it's just about their kind of uprising to fame with the song firestarter and the album the fat of the land which is one of my favorite albums ever and just kind of them winning over the hard rock audience even though they're dance music but just them kind of mixing the two genres together into something really fucking hard and fresh back in 1995 and it kind of goes into the production of the music video because that music video is so iconic and just kind of how The Prodigy started off as a solo project with two hype guys that then kind of became a full, fully fledged band with a band leader and two very cool MCs. I like The Prodigy and it's been one year since Keith Flint died and uh, I still go on his Wikipedia page maybe every month or two just to look at the wikipedia photo that they have for him because it's like the best fucking photo ever of a human do you think it's cool
0: yeah very um i got one called the tragic story behind the worst fantasy book ever um this is from a channel called dominic noble and it's basically there's this really infamous fantasy book called the eye of Aragon." And it's just meant to be terrible for, like, just all the really cliched reasons that writings are terrible. It's like a self-insert book. It's rife with spelling. The plot is really awful. And it's been, like, ridiculed for years and years and years. But this video is actually kind of about how, basically, the person who wrote the book never meant it for publication. And how he basically got shafted out of the publishing rights and never made any money off it. And his, like, basically, the, it just, the whole experience just destroyed his, any, like, fondness he had for writing. And um, it's really sad. And I think it's it's a good, like, it's a good one for making you think about, like, how the internet kind of treats this kind of stuff. And, like, at some point where it all kind of crosses a line. And I just thought it was a really good, it was a really good video. And Dominic Nobles, it's a it's a good channel. He's, like, a book reviewer. Booktube is apparently a thing. Oh yeah, Uh, I love I love BookTube. It's good. Do you know what I've kind of been looking into a bit lately? Like artist YouTube, like people who illustrate on YouTube, and they all fucking hate each other.
2: (laughs) Yeah, show some support.
0: Passionately, I I, like it's like it's like a drama community. Except like except sometimes people draw. Like (laughs) that's what it's like.
2: Come on, lads. How about you, Neve?
0: Okay, Leave what do you got? Okay,
1: gonna just blow all your minds with this one. Capybara with mandarin orange on head in open air bath. I've
2: seen this. It's fucking brilliant. It's
1: just some capybaras hanging out in and in a Japanese open air bath. They're having a nice time. I think it's what we all need right now.
2: I really like capybaras.
0: Absolutely.
1: They're so cute. They're They're just giant guinea pigs. The world's
2: largest largest rodent.
1: What's one of your favorite, like, what's your favorite kind of, like, not traditional animal?
2: Ooh. um, What is, I think the monkey, it's kind of like a cross between a monkey and a rodent. I think it's called an aye-aye, but it's the one that has the very long middle finger that it uses to tap and then, like, fish out, like, insects.
1: That is an eye. Eye. They're yeah, very. Yeah. They're good. such an
2: interesting animal. They kind of spook. Yeah. Me exactly. A bit. Like they're like I, I I'd be so scared to meet one in real life, but like I find them fascinating. Um. I'm a same 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 with I'm a big fan oh, sorry, of
1: platypuses. Yeah. Platypuses are super cute.
0: Um, yeah. Um. Because I think for ages I was like, oh, platypuses are just like a thing that are in cartoons. Like they're not real. Because how could they be? And then I, I looked up a picture one in a, a book and I was like, holy shit, yeah. they are real. Sorry, I,
2: I, I also I like say. Japanese spider crabs. They are aliens that we can see.
1: It is true. Yes. I'm going to shout out a wombat. Love a wombat. They're very cute.
2: Brilliant. They're just a huggable... There's some animals
1: yep. to add to our fact files of Let's Fight a Boss...
0: Wow wombats are big
1: <laughs> Yeah aren't they? It's like a rodent or person, dog
0: Or this person is tiny Could be both Um, And guys I think that's gonna do it for this Very special quarantine Episode of Let's Fight a Boss I don't know about you guys I found this fucking hard
2: yeah, very yes, hard
1: It was so weird and so hard I hope it sounds okay guys We, Me and Brian have never done Anything like this before um I know Brian, John has a bit of experience, but just the three of us, we've
0: never communicated this. Way and before. I guess
2: for a lot of us, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, never, <laughs> we just keep it dropping. That shit, yeah.
0: that kind of shit, where it's like we're on one second delay, and so we and like we can't see each other's faces. So the key, oh man, it's so weird. We're gonna yeah, get better we're. at this. We are. Going um, to
2: get I, I guess for me, it's well, is that like we're all at home with our partners, and we and like we're uh, talking away to them. But I think it's been a few days since we've had more than a few words with someone else so it's it's very easy Mm -hmm. to forget how to talk to people yeah so we're just awkward and flustered and it shows
0: (laughs) yeah totally and but like i mean i think that's just that's what this was gonna be you know what i mean and it's like we'll get better at it because like yeah it's just when when you when you build up like build up like 120 episodes of people and you're working a very specific way it feels so weird working another way
2: we can only get stronger
0: we can only get stronger it's just usually our strength is physical and now we must make it digital (sighs) digital
2: strength can you hack it how many bits absolutely no no. oh okay how many bits (laughs) do you have in your bite okay okay
1: Ten bits. can you crunch
2: brain. that tech hard can you can you blast that package into a new vpn can you open access this motherfucker wide open can you can you inhale can you this- inhale bricks and exhale train rails that's a line from a song can you can you uh can you punch a glitch can you can you can
0: i'm i'm finding this both motivational and erotic.
2: viruses computer viruses we we've got the fucking cure we're going to fucking annihilate this shit we 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 are all going to overcome it with our with our digital bodies we're all going to upload ourselves and fuck shit up you know what i'm saying
0: goodbye everyone stay safe out
2: there
1: bye everyone wash your hands
2: yeah please do wash your hands goodbye 7